Before we begin today's episode, I would like to thank our patrons. Major thank you to Dustin Miller, Dave Jackson, Ryan Yingling, Poppy the Keaton, Eric Guess, Chris Copleen, Charlie Young, Colby Moyer, Cody Dawson, Nikolai at Night, Chris from A Novel Console, Alex from Low Five Gaming, Backlog Adam, JD, Adam from Revival and Extinction, Mike Gilmer, and Orden Wells. If you want to be like these fine, fine folks, you can head on over to patreon.com slash pixelprojectradio. We have a variety of tiers for you to choose from, and each tier will get you some bonus material. You can get our schedule in advance, bonus episodes, the ability to choose what we do for those bonus episodes, and more. It's never expected, but always appreciated. Thanks, everybody. On to the show. Welcome back to Pixel Project Radio, the video game discussions podcast where we do deep dives and analyze all of our favorite games and some of yours, too. That wasn't a take two. That was right off the dome. My name is Rick. (laughs) I am your host, as always. And today we have a rare multi-game episode. This is the Fighting Game Party Pack, in which we are talking about Fighting Vipers, Dragon Ball Fighters, and Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Ooh, it's going to be good, and I'm so excited. As a reminder, all of our social plugs will be at the end of the episode. You can hear where to find us on the internet, on the Facebook, on the Instagram, Twitter, etc. And as always, I have two very special guests with me today. First timer on the show. Very excited. He is the host of the Command List podcast. We've got Raging Demon here. Demon, how's it going, man? It's going really well. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for inviting me on. I can't wait to talk some fighting games. There's some three very uh, distinct fighting games here, too. Very, very much so. No Tekken 8. We are recording this on the day that Tekken 8 released, <laughs> and I know you've been playing <laughs> that a ton. Uh, unfortunately, I just I, I didn't get to it today. Uh, but that man, that would have been great for the search engine, huh? Oh, yeah. It's, just, it's actually living, living up to the hype for me as well, which is really good. I mean, it's not a perfect game. None of them are, but th- yeah, I, I just finished the story mode and yeah, it was really good. Hell yeah. I love to hear that. And returning on the show, we have got the host of Owen two heroes, Mikey tabletop, Mikey. Thanks for coming back. This is the thanks. second time you're on the show talking about fighting games. If memory serves, it, it is. Yeah. This is the second time. The first time was also a party pack type thing where instead of a specific game, I think it was, the name of the episode was what's up with fighting games. We kind of just talked about a grab bag of different things. Uh, but thank you for having me back. Of course. Of course. Uh, so listeners out there, you might be wondering, well, why are you doing an episode of three different games? Well, sit down and I'm going to learn you a thing or two here. I am. I consider myself to be a skosh above a casual when it comes to fighting games. I love fighting games. I am not particularly good at any of them. I guess except Smash Ultimate. I'm okay there. But traditional fighting games, I am not necessarily better than the average person. Uh, That being said, I do like them a lot, and I wanted to cover some on the show, these three in particular. And I thought, you know, I I, I just don't know if I could do one episode and make it good enough for 
uh, you know, a full style episode. So why don't we just put three of them together? And I invited you two on, Demon and Mikey, because you are both certified, bona fide, other numerous kinds of fides, uh, fighting game gurus, fighting game aficionados. You are good at the fighting games. And I'm not going to lie, I'm going to be leaning on your expertise. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. <laughs> I, I have two quick remarks. One, you need to yourself short. I would like to remind our listeners that Rick won the podcast Smash tournament that I hosted. He came in first place. And also, I, I appreciate the hype up, but I literally named my podcast about how often I came in last place at fighting game tournaments. I don't I don't know if I would consider myself an expert. <laughs> well, what episode? I listened to one of your episodes recently. You were talking about how you won one for the first time in ages or something like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm good at a few specific series, but I'm just okay at the rest, you know, and just downright terrible at some of them. But I just love them so much. Mm-hmm. They, they are a lot of fun. And and yeah, Mikey, I got to say, that's a pretty clever name for a show. <laughs> I do like it. Um, yes, so today we are talking all about these three fighting games. Before we start, um, before we start, I thought we could just talk about our histories with fighting games a little bit. So listeners have a bit of a gauge as to where we're coming from. Uh, so Demon, you're new on the show, so I wanted to give you the floor first. Uh, how long have you been playing fighting games? What's your relationship with them? Well, I've, it's been my favorite genre since I was basically a child, since I would have been five or six since first started playing games. And I started out in a master system, so obviously there weren't that many and they, you know, they, they weren't very good. But once we got a Mega Drive, um, that's when I started to really play fighting games. I mean, I'd played them in the arcade. Street Fighter 2 was huge when I was, I was born in 87. So Street Fighter 2 was, was massive when I was sort of five, six, seven years old and starting to get into games and go, what are these things and seeing my older brother play and that sort of stuff and going to arcades when the arcades were still massive. But, um, yeah, probably I jumped really jumped on when the Mega Drive, when we got Street Fighter 2 on the Mega Drive and Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat 2 and etc. And I've been playing fighting games ever since. I mean, I've, I've bought consoles specifically for fighting games. So I got a PlayStation just to play Tekken. You know, it, it's it's been my main genre for basically my entire life. So, and yeah, like I'm not I'm not particularly elite in any of them, really. I mean, Tekken's probably my best game, but I just play them because I like I enjoy them. I don't know why, I I just do. Yeah, so I've been playing them pretty much since the jump. Beautiful mentality to have too. Like, it, it, no no preoccupation about getting good. It's just it's a beautiful genre, and it's a lot of fun, and that's what it comes down to, man. We were on, you and I, Demon, were on an episode, was it of Keith's show, Main Quest? Yeah, Mortal Kombat 2. Yes, talking about Mortal Kombat 2, one of my favorite fighting games of all time. Uh, oh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, and I think I said this on that episode, but I'll say it here again since you brought it up. Uh, there were no arcades where I lived when I was a kid, and I missed out. I never got to go to an arcade. I mean, I've played on arcade machines at, like, the roller rink, <laughs> but uh, never a proper arcade. I'm sad about it. Oh, it was such a good time. And obviously, it would never have come back the way, it, you know, it was. But, you know, also, you know, it just the games are extremely limited at the time, too. So we're incredibly lucky now, especially with the fact that we can just play anyone anywhere pretty much whenever we want, you know. Absolutely. And one follow-up question before we move to Mikey. No explanation. 
what is your favorite fighting game of all time? I, I go back and forth, I think, but I'd have to say CBS 2. Okay. Capcom versus SNK 2. Yeah, I think I have to go with that. I, I just, as much as Tekken's my favorite franchise and favorite series, that game, it, CBS 2 is just a epically good game. There's, I mean, yeah, there's some janky artwork for some of the sprites and things like that, but it's just an amazing game. Uh, you know, for its time to to mash up those two competing franchises, Capcom and SNK, it was just, and it played well. It was such a great game. Absolutely, good, good pick, good pick. Okay, Mikey, mm-hmm. you've talked about this on the show before, but uh, tell us, remind us about your history with fighting games. So I'm very happy to be on for this episode in particular because I was thinking about it, and one of the earliest fighting game memories I have was playing Marvel vs. Capcom 2 in the arcade. I, I think that might have been my introduction to fighting games. It was either... It, it was probably that and then Super Smash Bros. Melee in my friend's basement. Those are, like, the two big ones that, like, got me into the genre. And they were both, like... I was lucky. Those are both two really great games to get into. But similar to, to what you said, I didn't necessarily grow up with arcades... The, the one arcade, you can't see me, but I'm doing air quotations in my neighborhood, <laughs> was this really weird Italian restaurant where, like, in the front, it was, like, a sit-down Italian restaurant that, like, families would go to and, like, people would take dates to. And then in the back, there were just screaming kids with an arcade going on. And I, I don't understand how, <laughs> how the two combined, what the thought process was. But it was like a legit Italian restaurant in the front, and then it had MVC2 in the back, and it had a Fatal Fury game. And those were the only two fighting game cabinets they had. And I would spend all of my quarters playing Marvel 2, and that's really what started my love for the genre. They are living the mantra, business in the front, party in the back. I yes, love exactly. <laughs> but they, they used to stuff arcade machines everywhere back in the day. They, they really did. Our rec center, the airport, the fish and chip shops, they, they used to stick them everywhere. Yeah. Anywhere they could fit a few machines, they would try. Yeah, I vaguely remember having one in our local Pizza Hut, I think. Um, <laughs> Mikey, what is your favorite fighting game of all time? Uh, Super Smash Brothers Melee for the Nintendo GameCube. R- real easy, obvious choice. Um, I'm assuming at this point, most of your listeners, maybe some of your listeners know who I am. Um, but the biggest part of my, let's say, fighting game career uh, didn't come from playing that game, but it came from organizing and running tournaments for that game. I was a uh, like event organizer for, for years, and that was like the most hardcore I've ever taken a fighting game. So does that, yeah, Melee, no question. Hell yeah. Love to hear it. As for me, I think I've talked about this before, but uh, some of my earliest games were fighting games. Uh, My first ever fighting game was Mortal Kombat 2 on the Game Boy, if you can believe that. Uh, And then I had some others on the Sega Saturn, like Battle Arena Toshinden, uh, Virtual Fighter 2, Virtual Fighter 1, I think. I can't quite remember. Uh, Of course, Mortal Kombat's on the PS1, along with, on the Saturn, my second favorite fighting game of all time, Fighters Megamix. That's going to come up when we talk about Fighting Vipers. What's my favorite fighting game? Well, I'm not going to give that away so soon. You'll hear that (laughs) in a little bit. (laughs) Okay, enough dilly-dallying. Gentlemen, 
you're lovely to talk to, but you've got some expertise in these upcoming games. So let's dive right into it and let's start on my favorite system. Well, maybe not my favorite system, but one of my favorite systems, the Sega Saturn, and talk about fighting vipers. Hit the music. Fighting Vipers, that's right. This was developed by Sega AM2. You surely know their work. They've done OutRun, Rent-A-Hero, Afterburner, Daytona USA, so many good games, and published, of course, by Sega. Producer on this game was Yu Suzuki. Designer was Hiroshi Takaoka. Composed by David Leitz, L-E-Y-T-Z-E. Not sure if I'm saying that right. This was released for the arcade worldwide in November of 95, and it came to the Saturn in August of 96 for Japan, and just a little later in October of 96 for US and PAL territories. Later came to the PS3 on the PSN and Xbox Live Arcade in 2012. Uh, I couldn't find a lot of background info about this game. <laughs> There's, it doesn't seem to be a lot out there, which isn't all that uncommon for this era. I ran into the same problem researching other Saturn games, too. Uh, this was developed, this game was, using the same engine as Virtua Fighter 2, a nearly identical arcade board, but with a little bit of an edge when it comes to processing power and speed. So, when did the two of you first play Fighting Vipers? Uh, Mikey, why don't you go first this time? Um, I first played Fighting Vipers probably... 48 hours after you were like, hey, let's do Fighting Vipers. Uh, <laughs> I never played this game. I never played Fighters Mega Mix. I never played, I've never even played Sonic the Fighters. And longtime PPR listeners know I'm a big Sonic guy. I was on for the Sonic Frontiers episode. But yeah, I, <laughs> I want to play Sonic Fighters. It's just like, that whole genre, that whole era of like 3D Sega games, just I never had any of the consoles to play it. Uh, so I never got a chance to, to set it up, but I, I played it for this episode and boy, oh boy, is it is that a 90s fighting game? <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. And um, sorry, one more question. Uh, I almost forgot to ask. What system did you play this on? Or rather, how did you play this? I played this on an emulator on my computer. Um, it was incredibly obnoxious to set up trying to find like a sega 2 arcade uh, to do it it was it turns out that was a simpler version than trying to get a saturn emulator on my computer but uh it took me a day maybe a day and a half to like to set everything up but once i finally did it it ran great played in like full screen just like 16 9 dimensions no, no problem i loved it it was great it just took a while to set up i'm, I'm guessing uh the emulator is probably yaba sanshiro is that right so that was the one for the Saturn, like the console version I could not get set up. Mm -hmm. I forget the name of the arcade emulator, but I think it was just called like Sega 2 Arcade Emulator. It was like a very basic name, and it came preloaded with like the 31 games that were like made on, on the Sega 2 arcade chip, and that was it. So it was like exclusively okay. like just for that. Okay, okay. Cool, 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 cool. It's going to be good to have your opinion because it's not going to be tainted. Uh, tainted? Oh, that was a Freudian slip by nostalgia. <laughs> uh, Demon, getting over to you, man. Uh, when did you first play this game? Did you play this back in the day or is this a newer one for you as well? Oh, I, I 
I replayed this on my Xbox because I have a have the 360 version. Um, so I mean, I played this back in the day. I also had it on a demo disc, so I'm pretty sure it was this one and not Mega Mix. I had a Saturn, I had access, but games were still like 80 bucks back then, and you could only pick a few. And I wasn't picking this. If I had to pick, I was picking. I had Virtual Fighter 2, I had Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3. Those are the games I was getting for my Saturn, not this. But I did, I did play this. Um, I believe I played this in the arcade and I did rent it. So um, I do remember playing this, but replaying it was really fun and it did bring back a lot of memories. Um, nostalgia will not stop me uh, st- sticking it to this game where it deserves it, by the way. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, Fighting Viper is very much in that virtual fighter AM2 uh, style at the time and then clearly setting up for Fighters Megamix, which is, in my opinion, a better game than this. But yeah. Yeah, very clearly a better game than this. As for me, I actually didn't play Fighting Vipers until we decided on this episode. I, I have a copy for my Saturn. I'm going to talk about what it was like playing that on the Saturn here in a, in a minute. Uh, as a kid, I had Fighters Mega Mix, which, like you just said, Demon, it's, it is a better game. It is essentially a more polished version in many ways of Fighting Vipers. Um, and it has the same characters. It's a mashup of uh, Fighting Vipers and virtual fighter but uh, i played this for the first time this year i went through the arcade mode i played through as many different characters and training as i could and like you like you both said uh we're gonna stick it where (laughs) where it deserves uh before we do though i wanted to read an excerpt from the manual of this game uh reading manuals for games is one of my favorite things in the world about uh being a collector and this is just great so i'm gonna throw on bond's theme i think because it's just got so much attitude, and I'm going to read through this. <laughs> I'm going to try and stylize it as I think it should be. Okay, let's hear it. Here's the pitch for Fighting Vipers. Hyper Adrenal Combatants in full body art, battling night and day in back alley rings. Only such young urban warriors as these have earned the right to be called Vipers. Now, in Armstone City, the mayor has formally announced a fighting tournament on a grand scale with the final bout to be held atop the staggering City Tower in the center of town. With City Tower as their ultimate goal, eight young vipers start down the path to victory, a path to which only one will see the end. Fucking guitar solo. Woo-woo-woo! <laughs> that kind of sets up the vibe for this game pretty well, don't you think? <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. This, uh... If I had to describe this game to somebody that's never seen it, it would be Virtual Fighter, but make it hair metal. Is yes. that fair? <laughs> yeah, it's a glam rock fighting game. Of yeah. Effectively, isn't it? yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> it, it sounds like we're, we're uh, being silly or taking the piss, but like that's really what it is. It plays so similarly to Virtual Fighter, but, you know, the character models, they're, you know, young cool edgy teens there's literally an axel rose knockoff named raxel that you could be in this game and that's who i play through with (laughs) yeah (laughs) everything is just you know driving guitars and you know in the in the classic sega kind of way it's it's just it's full of attitude and whether or not that makes the experience better well that might be up to taste but it is (laughs) it is it's so 90s. I think, Mikey, I think you said that, right? It's mm-hmm. such a 90s-ass fighting game. Yeah, and that that wasn't necessarily about 
the gameplay or the control. When I said that, it's solely because there's a dude with a skateboard, a lady on rollerblades, and Axel Rose. It's just like, it's it's just straight up the 90s in a fighting game. Hi, everybody. Rick here from the editing room, which is actually just my regular room. You're going to hear some audio inconsistencies in this episode due to the way it was recorded. We were recording locally in the Discord with a bot named Craig that records all, you know, uh, voice conversations in Discord when it is summoned, uh, and it was not working so great. That is 100% on me, and moving forward, I will not be using Craig anymore. Uh, so I do apologize about that. You'll hear it a little bit in some of the audio, but I think I did a decent enough job at trimming it down so that it won't be too intrusive. Uh, it is there. I did want to get ahead and apologize about it and let you all know that uh, I won't be using Craig anymore because he's failed me. Sorry, robots. Anyways, back to the fighting game discussion. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, in terms of how this plays, this plays pretty similar to Virtual Fighter. You're going to be, uh, your, your characters are 3D polygon models. Uh, but your fighting is mostly 2D. You're, you're not going to be running around in circles like um, like in some of the Dragon Ball games. Uh, you do have a sidestep that lets you sidestep uh, to the left or the right, which kind of makes this 2.5D in terms of like the plane, but, uh, you know, it's, it, it's nothing crazy. The inputs are not going to be things like you would find in, let's say, Street Fighter, uh, you're not going to be doing tons of half circles, quarter circles, things of that nature. It's much more similar, well, of course, to Virtua Fighter, but uh, Tekken, if you're more of a modern fighting game player. And that being said, this game was significantly deeper in terms of the mechanics than I was expecting. Uh, did you both notice that too, or am I a little off base here? Oh, I completely agree. Um, I didn't remember there being so many mechanics. Like, and it is basically Virtual Fighter, right? The um, specials and the uh, moves are basically building on basic moves and combinations between the three buttons, the punch, kick, guard, you know. And, um, yeah, I didn't, it, like the armor, for example, the interaction with the stage, that sort of bounce back, all that sort of stuff that I didn't really remember until I played it. I'm like, wow, this is ridiculous. But it's actually... They're trying some different things that aren't in Virtual Fighter and aren't in like Tekken yet either. So, um, and you're right, it's not full 3D. It still hasn't made that. You know, you can you can do a, like a false like a bit like in Virtual Fighter 2, as some of the characters had that sort of um, ability to sidestep. But uh, every character can do it in this, and that is sort of like superficially 3D because of that. But yeah, I, I thought the mechanics in this game, like the armor getting damaged, and falling off in some cases if you guys know what i'm talking about mm -hmm. <laughs> with one particular character yeah it's, it was just it was a lot deeper than i remember that's for sure mikey what about you uh melee is a very technical uh or excuse me a very mechanical fighting game mm -hmm. um and i know that's a little different from you know platform fighter versus this kind of fighter did you find the mechanics here to be surprisingly deep as well oh 100 and, and i agree with what demon said it wasn't just like the controls that I found deep, like the whole, the system, like the physics within the game, there's a lot you can do with like the environment or the way characters interact with, with one another, which is something that 
not a lot of fighting games nowadays have. So like in addition to having control complexity, or like you were saying, instead of a quarter circle or like a full circle back or something, it is a lot of Tekken-like movements where it's a combination of buttons, but also you have to deal with trying to manipulate your opponent's armor the, the best way that you can, which I thought added a lot of depth to it, because sometimes attacking the chest might be worth it, sometimes attacking the legs might be worth it based on how much armor they have, and I like, I'm sure we'll talk about the mechanics, but I like that there was like an indicator telling you like, oh, you've damaged this area a lot. You keep damaging it, it's going to break the armor. And I thought that added a layer of depth to the gameplay that isn't there in a lot of other fighting games. Yeah, absolutely. And you both kind of touched on this, so let's just jump right in and talk about the mechanics. Uh, Demon, I, I think you mentioned the button layout. It's largely kick, punch, and guard. Classic sort of Sega Virtual Fighter style um commands but that doesn't mean it's limited as you know people who know virtual fighter would know like it, it basically leans into the button combinations and normals and that sort of thing the way you know and it combos but um the button limitations aren't limitations really it's just simplicity for the sake of you know why does it need to be complicated well it doesn't right so and smash is a little bit like that too it doesn't have to have you know, down forward quarter circle, you know, it doesn't have to have that to have <laughs> like nuance and complexity and, and that sort of thing. But I, I just love the idea of the targeting a, a certain part. You could kick them in the legs over and over and over and destroy their armor, you know, and uh, and target that one area. And it does affect the gameplay. It affects how people react. So, and it, ca you know, that's that's a mechanic you don't see really even now, you know, so... Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I like that you said, you know, why make it complicated? You don't need to. To that end, this game doesn't have high punch, low punch, or high kick, low kick. It is, you've got one dedicated button to punch, one to kick, and one to guarding. Uh, you can't just hold back in this game like in a lot of fighting games, uh, which I personally prefer. Uh, mm -hmm. There is a dedicated button for that. Uh, there are also, since the Saturn has a six-button layout and two shoulder buttons, there are buttons that will correspond to punch plus kick, uh, punch plus guard, kick plus guard. Oh, God, I, I'm already oh. getting them screwed up. <laughs> yeah, and that comes in, uh, that'll come into doing some more uh, powerful attacks, uh, grabs, and things of that nature. They also added a little bit of nuance to the move list by utilizing both quick presses and long presses which is really important if you're trying to really learn a character in this game which by the way i i made a serious effort to learn two characters and i tell you what man some of those moves in the training list i could not tick off mm -hmm. i could not get it to say yes you did it correctly good job it's it's it can be tough i i was the exact same way i i tried to play two characters i liked uh honey because Honey the Cat is in Sonic the Fighters, and she's based off of Honey in this game. And I played, I think his name was Picky. Was was he the skateboard kid? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes. Yeah, I liked Picky just because he seemed cool. I don't know, he probably like skates around and like listens to Black Flag or something. I'm like, I like this kid. But again, I'll, it was tough to master them because this type of fighting game is not really like my specific genre of fighting games. I like platform fighters, but besides that, I like more traditional, like, Street Fighter-esque, like, 2D quarter circle games. So just, I have, like, the 
the moveless pulled up right here for him right now and it's massive and like i was thinking oh, yeah. no wonder I, no wonder i couldn't master this there's just so much going on and there's not just like a standing punch or like a sweeping kick you ha um on um strategywiki.org and it's broken down into normal moves jump attacks grabs pounce attacks turning attacks running attacks there's just so many different moves you could do i felt it was tough for me to master it because i only had a few weeks to get ready for this podcast but if you've been playing this since it came out i think the amount of depth there is so cool because it gives you so much time to practice and master this game it's not easy to pick up or it's easy to pick up but it's it's difficult to, to achieve that high level and it gives you something to strive for which i appreciate yeah the meta um hard to achieve in this game i find it's a bit it is comparable to like tekken in that way like it, it, a lot of the moves come from motion they don't come from inputs so like for, take tekken where you can do moves while you're standing up why not while you're crouched not while you're standing but while you're in the process of standing up this game is very similar with running and and while you crouch while they're on the floor while you you know it's it, it gets very big very quick Right when you look at the command list, you think, "Oh, yeah, three attacks!" You know, like how how hard could this be? Uh, pretty pretty fucking hard, actually. Um, but it is still fun. There's a low barrier to entry, but it's also it rewards the players who who really put in the effort. And you know, it's it's a bit like um, Virtual Fighter tried the tries the same thing, and that's why you look at it and you go, oh, three buttons, Pfft, lame." But it's not. It's not at all, and it actually is extremely hard to master one character. I played as Raxel the whole time, aside from trying to get one trophy with Marla, I think it was, and that was and, and yeah, I still there were still moves I couldn't do, like you said, I couldn't get you know, I just I was like, mine's not coming out like that, or I'm not, you know, yeah, it's actually quite deep, quite like we've said it a few times, you know, it's it's deeper than you would think. You both touched on the idea of using movement with your moves um, in the manual, it kind of lists out the different ways you can move. So if you're just standing still, uh, we mentioned that you don't have a high punch or a low punch, things of that nature. If you're standing, that's going to hit your opponent's upper body. Uh, this is important because of the armor, which we'll talk about in a moment here. Uh, depending on what directions you push, like forward, backwards, up, down, you can also hit the middle and the low areas of the body too. In addition to that, like uh, I forget which one of you mentioned it, you can also pounce onto your opponent. Literally jump in the air while they're on the ground to stomp them. Uh, select characters like Jane, uh, Picky, Mahler, and Candy, uh, a.k.a. Honey. They can also climb the wall and jump off of the wall. Uh, there's counters, there's running, there's turning, there's get-up attacks. There's a lot here. <laughs> they, they used the limited buttons that they had as as an uh, to their advantage right i mean it's really really cool it's really deep and and i really like that as far as the characters go i can't quite find it in the uh the thing that i'm looking at the manual <laughs> that thing <laughs> uh they they give different characters different titles uh like different styles of fighting like uh troublemaker or something like that i i can't quite find it but Suffice to say, each character is going to fit into a different sort of archetype of fighting. You know, they're not all just sort of palette swaps. Um, and the reason I can't find it is because there are so many pages for everybody's move list. It's nuts. They put all of it in there. Yeah, literally all of it. Wow. <laughs> Truly. 
truly. <laughs> it's uh they also I I also really like this with each character. They give you uh you know their name, birthday, age, height, weight, hometown, occupation, hobbies, dislikes. It's great. <laughs> it's so it's so of the time. I miss I miss stuff like this, man. <laughs> I was going to say, like, on top of the fact that this is incredibly 90s, it's also incredibly Japanese. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. Oh, definitely. Definitely, definitely. I'm pretty sure uh, there's a character in here. Uh, Mikey, you said that you played as Picky and Candy, a.k.a. Yeah. Honey. I yes. played Candy as my favorite character to play as, but I also got really good with Sandman, and I'm pretty huh. sure he's supposed to be the cliche American. He's a... Uh, He's a big fat guy <laughs> that likes riding motorcycles, and uh, that's kind of how he's described here. The first two sentences in his bio says, nobody knows much about him, and he isn't saying. The only things for sure is that he rode up to the tournament on a big custom hog, uh, and he has a strange fascination with the number three. But <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, it's very, yeah. <laughs> very Japanese, very Japanese and very uh, 90s. Demon, who did you, you said you just played as Raxel, right? Yeah, and then I, a little bit with Marla. And then I, I there was a trophy with um, Candy where you have to get her armor knocked off. Or And there's a move where you can get rid of her armor on purpose. I mean, let's not forget she's a 16-year-old girl, so it's kind of like very, that makes this even more 90s. <laughs> not very appropriate, but <laughs> but yeah, like it, 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 was, um, it was very hard to get good, I just felt like no matter how much I practiced at this game in the later levels, the later stages, fuck me, it was hard. Yeah, I don't know if it was because Raxel was low tier or whatever. I never looked that up. But, yeah, it was just, yeah, Raxel I just thought it was funny because I just was like, oh, this is the typical glam metal. To me, I'm just thinking this is the Steel Panther guy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's straight yeah. up, dude. It really looks like that. Uh his vo his band name in the manual is Death Crunch. It says he's the guitarist and singer for Death Crunch. Ridiculous. Did anyone play as Pepsi Man? No, and I'm glad that you brought that up. Uh, Pepsi Man is a Japanese exclusive. Uh, you cannot play as Pepsi Man in the American or PAL versions of this. From what I watched, he looks OP. Oh, yeah, he's totally busted. The people who played him play him say he's busted, but that's why I wanted to play as him. <laughs> but I had the uh, Xbox version, so it's not on there, you know, and I, I wasn't going to go to all the effort to try and set my uh, satin up or get an emulator or anything like that but yeah i was just wondering if anyone got that got that working mikey i don't suppose you did since you emulated this no and you know what you're not the first person to bring that up uh i feel bad i don't remember their name but i was in your server and i mentioned i was playing fighting vipers over the weekend and someone said you should play as pepsi man because you're doing the emulator and i had such a hard time setting up the emulator to begin with i did not go out of my way to try and find a Japanese ROM to set it up and mess with the settings. I just decided to stick with what I had. Um, but I might do that just for kicks and giggles and then report back like in the Discord server just because I do think that's such an oddball character to throw in there that like I don't want to miss that opportunity. <laughs> it, it looks really cool. Like I, I really wish I could have played as him. Uh, like you said, Demon, he's totally busted it seems. Uh, but yeah, I don't have a Japanese Saturn.
or an o, uh, ODE. So no dice there. Uh, you both mentioned the armor, and I think that's something cool that we could talk about here. Um, each character is going to have armor, uh, and it's signified by an armor gauge. Uh, beside your health, you're going to have a silhouette of a person, and it's divided into two, upper body and lower body. And as you get hit consistently across, let's say, the upper body, you might see the color turn from green to yellow, and then turn from yellow to a blinking red. And if you keep getting hit by strong moves, like uh, counters or using punch plus kick together to do strong moves, that armor is going to break off. And in true over-the-top 90s hair metal, glam metal fashion, when you destroy somebody's armor or get your armor destroyed, it is played back three times across different camera angles. (laughs) It's so over-the-top. I love it. Uh, But what's cool, though, is whenever you lose your armor, not only does your character lose a piece of their clothing... Uh, you know, it could just be the armor if you're Raxel or Sandman, or it could be their entire top if you're a woman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it also lowers your defense. So there's actual strategy built into this. You don't want your armor getting busted. You want to avoid that. It's why I never, I never, under, obviously I understand, but I, I was like, why does Honey have that move? Why does Candy have that move where she deliberately gets rid of her armor when it is an actual disadvantage? You know why. <laughs> we don't know why but yeah you're right and you do you do have to be careful like you know that you don't lose your armor because you'll die very quickly in this game even with armor so Mm -hmm. yeah that's true and that goes back to what you were saying too demon um the ai in this game gets really tough in some of the later stages yeah like to the point where it i don't want to say it was cheap but i really really struggled to get through some of the final fights here. And I believe it was, like, like in the group chat we had, you were like, it's easy sailing up until level four. After that, it gets tough. And I'm breezing through, like, three, four. I'm like, this is fine. I don't know what he's talking about. And then as soon as I hit level five, the CPU just, like, leveled up. And I'm like, oh, he was right. This is, like, tough halfway through the game now. Because <laughs> I was, like, I was wondering if, if you guys got through the game. Because, like, uh, it, it, I... I got to level four, no sweat. And then, it, like I said, I brought it up in the Discord server. I was like, it just goes, no matter what difficulty you put it on, once you hit it about level four or five, you're, you're basically fucked. That it's, it becomes a real grind. And I felt like the final sort of stage was basically luck almost. Just kept fighting till like, you know, I couldn't find a good way to cheese the uh, cheese the bosses, uh, cheese the boss or, or, or the later levels either. Yeah. Uh, the boss in this game is, his name is BM, uh, which is a strange choice of name, but he is a dude that w- that's wearing King Cobra armor. Uh, you can't play as him in Vipers, I don't think, but you can play as him in Fighters Megamix, which is super cool. Um, I did not forget about the community forum, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got a lot of responses, which I think is super cool because I posted this very last minute. But for Fighting Vipers, we only got one. And it was from Chris Copeland of the Retro Hangover podcast. I know he likes this game a lot, so I'm, I was excited that he saw my, uh, my call for this. <laughs> Here's what Chris has to say. How appropriate the acronym is inverse of its more popular older brother, Virtual Fighter. While this game has all the trappings and technical applications of Virtual Fighter, the addition of armor and a faster, lighter-feeling gameplay style makes Fighting Vipers one of the most accessible and fun early 3D fighters. 
This was also the first fighting game I ever introduced my youngest son to when he started getting into games about 10 years ago. We'd play this together a lot, and I have a lot of good memories with this. As such, it probably ranks far higher on my personal list of fighters than it should. That's really sweet, man. Mm -hmm. And he's not wrong either. You know, it, it is a very fast, fun like game. You know, and it's a you know, I'm I'm it's I'm glad a young he's got his young fella playing it too. I can't get my kids to play fighting games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I don't have children of my own, but that is that's super sweet. That's the only community correspondence we've got for fighting vipers. Stay tuned. We've got some more coming. Uh, it's a little one-sided with one of the games, but I'm sure we'll <laughs> <Yes>. get there. <laughs> um, the only other note I have about this is I was shocked at the performance on Saturn. I played this on original hardware on my CRT and it drops frames and uh, like a lot, <laughs> like quite a bit. Uh, I was really shocked because Fighters Megamix runs quite well actually uh but this struggled and that was that was shocking to me i forgot that you used to experience that on original hardware and there was just <laughs> nothing you could do about it unless you re-released -re the game you know yeah i can't remember how well this played on this like obviously you just did so yeah i don't know what the frame rates and stuff on some of these games are anymore because i usually play these satin games on my xbox um, remastered versions or, you know, re-released arcade ports rather than the satin ports. So it, I didn't notice stuff like that. The, it just, it looked like a game from its time, obviously, but yeah, I didn't notice that so much. I don't think I had any frame drops playing the arcade version, but a lot of times these fighting games were like designed for arcades and then when they were ported, they were like porting issues. So like the ports are normally... I don't necessarily necessarily want to say an inferior version because that seems unfair, but they were like designed for the arcade. So there's normally less bugs on that system. So I didn't have any issues emulating it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I wish I could play this on the arcade. Um, speaking of arcades, if you are a fan of the Yakuza series uh, or its spinoffs, Judgment and Lost Judgment, uh, you can play these games and actually a lot of Sega games in... Uh, in those games, in the in-world arcades. Uh, I played Fighting Vipers in Lost Judgment just to see how it felt. Uh, I hated playing it on a PS5 controller. It felt <laughs> terrible, but uh, it works. So, I mean, you could do that. There's Virtua Fighter as well. Street Fighter Five, I think, is in there too. It's cool. Sonic Fighters is in there, which is a shame. That's, <laughs> I don't think that true. game you was like... You haven't played it, have you, Marky? No, I don't think it was ever like properly released, so it's like difficult to get your hands on i've like looked into like the tournament scene forward and they have to like emulate someone's computer in like the cloud and have other people like join their computer like to, to play online with that game is just absolutely bonkers so i haven't played it yet so i'm like very jealous it's just like casually sitting in a yakuza game <laughs> well they're doing probably parsec to play it right yeah that's exactly what they have to do yeah yeah i've got sonic the fighters on my xbox and oh it's not great so it, <laughs> it never it was supposed to come out in the satin and it never satin and it never did while, while we're still on the, the sorry while we're still on the topic of fighting vipers but it sounds like we're wrapping up the only thing i have left in my notes uh is in story mode when you play totally not axel rose when you play against raxel <laughs> he uh if you lose to him he kicks you out of a skyscraper window on on his stage i've lost him a few times and he almost like this is sparta 
throws you out of the window yep. of whatever high rise he's in. <laughs> That's oh, awesome. And you'll die a lot. You'll die a lot in arcade. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, <laughs> fellas, we've got some more ground to cover, but as far as fighting vipers goes, uh, would you recommend it to people who haven't played it before? Yes. Tentatively. <laughs> Tentatively, I mean, okay. Do you want to give any caveats? I'll elaborate. I think, um, yeah, you want to pl- probably play against someone too because with the games at this time when the AI was kind of a bit too brutal at the later level, you know, you, know, you kind of want to... It, it, it's fun to play against people this game. Just like we talked about when, when we did talked about Mortal Kombat 2 on Keith's podcast. It was... It's, a, it's better. This is human v. human, this game. You know, that's how you can enjoy this the most because it has got a lot of things going for it. Yeah, but the AI is not one of them. Mikey, how about you? I'm going to go ahead and echo that sentiment, but I'm going to expand it a little bit. I think player versus player is the best way to play any fighting game. I get bored playing against the computer. I get frustrated playing against the computer. I don't think it's fun. So given the opportunity, I will always suggest playing with someone, preferably like couch co-op. Like if they're next to you, I think that's the best way. Like just pick this up and play with friends. Uh, but as far as recommending it, I would also recommend it with the caveat. I would recommend it if you're into that type of fighting game. Like if someone came to me and was like, hey, Mikey, I'm really into Blaze Blue. Would I like this game? <laughs> Probably not. But if they came to me and said, hey, I'm into Virtua Fighter or like I'm into Tekken or I'm into like the early 3D like fighting games of the 90s. Definitely. But as someone who I mentioned who prefers like traditional 2D fighting games like a Street Fighter or a Guilty Gear, this wasn't entirely up my alley. So if that's your vibe, I would steer you clear of that. Yeah, well said, both of you. Uh, I agree with you both wholeheartedly, uh, especially on playing PvP with people. Uh, But, you know, that's not always possible, especially these days. But yes, uh, a qualified recommendation. So long as you're into this style, I think it's worth playing if for no other reason, to uh, kind of learn about the genre and where we've come from, you know? 100%. Yeah, cool stuff, fellas, cool stuff. Well, let's take a step forward in history. You mentioned Blaze Blue, and we've got a game that's somewhat similar in style, more similar Mm -hmm. to that than Fighting Vipers, at least, with (laughs) the most recent release on this list, Dragon Ball Fighters. Or is it Dragon Ball Z Fighters? I don't know. It doesn't matter. The fighters. Roll the... <laughs> yeah, Fighters Z. Ah, <laughs> oh, that pesky Z. Roll the music. Dragon Ball Fighters. This was developed by Arc System Works and published by Bandai Namco. Director was Junya Motomura. Producers Toshimichi Mori and Tomoko Hiroki. Art, I wanted to make a note of this, Katsuki Mukai. Composed by Toshiyuki Kishi, Hiromi Mizutani, Kenji Kato, and Reino. That's how that was credited. Uh, This is running in Unreal Engine 4. And that, combined with the development being handled by Arc System Works, is so apparent whenever you get into this game. <laughs> it looks simply fantastic. This is, uh, presentation-wise, this is 
oh, I don't know if I could say it's my favorite because of MVC2, but it is stunningly beautiful. Uh, it's cell shaded. Everything looks so crisp and clear. I love it. I love it. I really do. Yeah, the artwork's amazing. Agreed. Yeah, completely agreed. I play this on PS5. Uh, how about you, fellas? PS4 over here. Well, there's no, um, I don't think there's any difference. I played it on my Xbox, but it was the, obviously, the Xbox One, Xbox One version. I've played it on Switch as well, and it looks just as good there. Um, obviously, just at a lower resolution, but, oh, yeah, this the, the presentation of this game is amazing. You can tell, you can tell it's got Arc System Works just stank all over it. <laughs> I, I love how you way. put that. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Stank is a good thing, man. Mm -hmm. You know, like you're listening to some like good jazz music. You're like, oh, you make the stank face. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's the highest compliment. Uh, spe speaking of Arc System Works, uh, I did consist consider putting a Guilty Gear game into this rotation. But um, I think that's the kind of game that would deserve its its own episode. Uh, mm -hmm. Then again, you could, argue, you could argue that MVC2 does as well. But I am but a flawed human being. I make mistakes. So... What are you going to do? Uh, write me hate mail, I guess. <laughs> um, this was released, as as you fellows said, on the PS4 and Xbox One and PC in January of 2018. It later came to the Switch that year in September and came to modern consoles in November of 2020. It does have a separate release, actually. Sorry, uh, it does, to interrupt. It does have a separate release for Series X and PS5. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is that is that correct? November 2020? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It means they have made a difference. I don't, I don't know if they would have made a difference. Um, I mean, sometimes when you port or something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Sometimes those ports run marginally better, but I don't know. Like, I couldn't imagine playing this on PS4 and having a worse experience. You know. Oh, agreed. I had no problems with it and greatly enjoyed it on PS4 over here. So, not nine out of ten gameplay out of here. No, no frame drive. No frame rate drops, no no nothing. It was perfect on my PS4. My my weak little PS4. <laughs> the jet engine console itself. <laughs> Love you, Sony. Uh this game, if you're a fan of the Budokai series, uh, which I am, big time, uh, this game is completely different. Um the Budokai series kind of started as a 2D uh, you know, sort of uh well, it's 3D polygons, but a 2D field, and then quickly progressed into more of an I don't want to call it open area, but you're doing more than just moving forward and back and quick, quick stepping. You're flying, you're darting around, things of that nature. Uh, this goes back to the roots a bit. Uh, it is much more similar to MVC2, for example, or any of the Guilty Gear games. Uh, it is a traditional fighter in that respect. It got compared actually a lot to MVC2 because of its 3v3 fighting system and just kind of how assists and super moves worked. Um, but the producer of the game, I believe it was the producer, Tomoko Hiroki. I could be wrong. But they said, you know, that's a great series, but any any imitation is just purely by chance. You know, we weren't trying to rip anybody off. And and I I, I believe it. I believe it. I don't think that I don't think it's similar to MVC two in any other way, <laughs> truthfully. But uh I, Just I to get a some, yes, yes. Sorry, I was gonna say I have no, some no. notes here comparing this not to MVC two, but to Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, the most recent Marvel game to come out. They came out with like three months apart from each other. Do you want to talk about this now, or should I save it for the Marvel two section? Um, 
I, I misspoke. It was infinite. You were right. I forgot okay. about that narrow release window. But yeah, I mean, if you've got notes on it, let's let's yeah. talk about it right now. So um, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite came out in September of 2017, and this came out in January 2018. So like three, four months apart, right? And pe- people love Marvel vs. Capcom. That was like a big fighting game series. And as wait, much wait, as wait, 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 I, 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 I don't thought you were going to say th- Infinite, and I was going to go, no, they <laughs> don't. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to ask. <laughs> no, the, 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 like the, the series overall. Yes, of course. So everybody had, they had a lot of expectations riding on Infinite, and it didn't necessarily like live up to that. So then a few months later, when this game came out, which at the time, Arc System wasn't necessarily super popular, like Guilty Gear, Blaze Blue. They were kind of like niche, like genre fighting games that they weren't very mainstream. But I'd say the comparisons between the two are a little bit closer to what the producer was saying. Not only is it a 3v3, uh, they both, in my mind, they fall into this category of like hyper fighting games where there's just like shit all over the screen. It's not like, oh, they threw out one. People are constantly flying. You're jumping up in the air. There's like full screen like super attacks you have the 3v3 aspect but i think the biggest thing was compared to the previous arc system works of like guilty gear or blaze blue it uses an instantly recognizable franchise that people love from their childhood similar to the x-men or similar to the street fighters in marvel vs. capcom 2 so these came out at a similar time but the fighting game community kind of just like abandoned infinite on launch and everybody flooded dragon ball fighters and i don't necessarily think infinite's failure had a lot to do with uh fighters's success but i think it had a little bit to to do with that everybody was like so disappointed with this and when fighters came out they're like this is what we wanted infinite to be and then that got a whole bunch of like burned lovers from the marvel series jumping over to (laughs) dragon ball Oh, yeah, and there's huge overlap between people who like Dragon Ball Z and, you know, Marvel. Mm-hmm. So I, I could totally see that. I mean, Marvel, MVCI looked ugly. Even if it I – don't, I don't remember much about the gameplay. I was super disappointed in that game. But, but it just – it looked ugly. It wasn't what people wanted. It, but, but this was faithful to its source material. It looked amazing. It's, a, it's like you said, a hyper, uh, hyper fighter. You can close space mm-hmm. very quickly. You can jump way above the screen. You can fire more than one projectile at the same time. It, it's definitely not comparable to like a Guilty Gear in that respect. But mm-hmm. it artwork, yes, you can see its arc system works, and that's why it looks really good. And it's before Guilty Gear Strive really got people looking at Guilty Gear. But, yeah, I, I'm not surprised that when there's not a lot of space in the FGC for competitively for say for example these 3v3 fighters you can't have like three or four different mm-hmm. ones at evo so one of them's got to come out on top and this one in my opinion is the better of the two like obvious it's an obvious improve like this is way better but i think because they're released in a similar time frame obviously that dev has sort of all that that um they've, they've seen it appropriate to mention oh it's just a coincidence <laughs> That's a thank you for for bringing that up, Mikey. I I completely forgot about the release window being so short mm-hmm. between those two. Um, and and you're right. There, uh, you know, you can't have too many of these three v three fighters because you know it would just oversaturate things. Uh, so this 
obviously is better than Infinite. I don't have a lot of experience with Infinite, but I know it's not looked upon very fondly. Not even a little bit. I first played DBZ Fighters uh, when we started doing this episode. I remember when it came out. Uh, I was working at GameStop at the time. And, you know, I, I saw the hype. I was like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. I wasn't super huge on Xenoverse uh, and where where that was headed. So I was kind of turned off of DBZ games for a minute. But then when I saw this, I was like, oh, that's so sick. Uh, although it did make me realize pretty quickly why I prefer so strongly the English dub over the Japanese uh, original voices. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, so... This game uh, has no nostalgia for me whatsoever. I played it in 2023. What about you, fellas? Uh, and forgive me if you already said it. I, I may have missed it. All right, I'm going to go ahead and jump in. Uh, yep. Sure. Um, yeah. I also have no nostalgia for this game. I bought it on sale on the PlayStation Network maybe six months ago. But I when it first came out, I was closely following the competitive scene for it. Like, I was watching tournaments. So I knew the characters, I knew a little bit of the gameplay without ever having played it myself. Um, I also don't have much nostalgia for Dragon Ball in general. Um, I'm going to be honest, I wasn't allowed to watch Dragon Ball as a kid. It was too violent. My mom wouldn't let me have it on in the house. Um, and then I tried to get into it in college, and I turned it off at, like, at episode 9. I just, I could not do it. So I don't, I didn't grow up with Dragon Ball. So the fact that these characters, I can finally play as them. It wasn't an appeal for me, but I still like the fun aspect, the flashy gameplay. Like, overall, it's a great ex gaming experience, even if I didn't have a prior connection to the series. Sure, okay, okay. Uh, R.I.P., I didn't know that you uh, didn't didn't like Dragon Ball. Man. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> we'll have to talk about that off mic. Yeah, we'll talk later. <laughs> uh, Demon, what about you, man? Uh, when did you first play this game? I played this on my, I got it on sale on my Switch probably three or four years ago. I think it was around that time, a couple of years ago. And um, I played it for about an hour and then just put it down and I got distracted. I think, I think what it, I think this is around the time Hades came out actually. So I don't know how many years ago that was, but yeah, I was actually got completely distracted with other games. It wasn't that this was bad or anything. And I, I'm not a huge Dragon Ball Z fan, but I my brother was, and we did watch it in the morning. It was on morning cartoons and stuff. So I was interested in it. It's just I, all the other Dragon Ball Z games I'd played before that were not really up my alley. So, um, But then I played this when we brought this, you know, sort of decided what games we we're going to play for this podcast. Like, And uh, I should have played this. I should have played more of this. This is a really good game, and I, I, I quite enjoyed playing through the story of this. I mean... It's kind of like the MacGuffin is the clones and stuff, but it, it, it was just fun. Like, it, it was not hard to learn. Most characters play pretty much the same. There's There obviously was meta and differences between characters. I w I'm not going <laughs> to poke that hornet's nest, you know, and say it's all the same because it's not. <laughs> but it do, if you can use one character, you don't, there's not, you don't have to go and open a command list to go and look at stuff. Like, you can just crack on and, and you know, just start trying stuff. And I like the mobility of the game. I like that you can zip around the stage really quick. Uh, you've got the vanish attacks. You got you can jump. You can go in and do that classic Dragon Ball Z thing where they rush and then just start trying to beat down their opponent. I forget what it's called, but but yeah, I mean, like I'm not a huge Dragon Ball Z fan, but I did appreciate this, and I like that they had all the right voice actors and that sort of stuff. 
Yeah, absolutely. This uh, this game to me stands out among the three here as the most approachable by far. Um, and it turns out the one piece of community correspondence we got on this game echoes that sentiment. This is from General Misa, a uh, very cool Discord member. And he says, Fighters is a lot of fun. I'm not a big fighting game fan, but that's a game that's just fun to mess around with. Um, and, you know, as somebody that's pretty much on the cusp of being a, a casual at fighting games, I agree. As soon as I picked this up, I was like, this is extremely approachable. Um, everybody is going to have the same basic combo kit. Square, 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 triangle, 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 circle, 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 square, triangle, circle. Those are kind of your bread and butter combos. And yeah, everybody is going to have some special move or moves of sorts. You know, your Kamehamehas are going to be a quarter circle plus X, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not going to list out everything, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's, it's very approachable. There's not a ton of mechanics that are going to get in the way of a beginner. There are advanced mechanics like instant transmission by pressing two buttons at the same time. You've got the rushdown that you mentioned, Demon. Uh, you Obviously, the Kai gauge is going to add a different level of nuance to this because you have to manage your energy and charge it up mid-match, etc. But the basics, the very foundations of this game are extraordinarily approachable, which is uh, a great thing. Unfortunately for me, uh, the thing that I like to do the most when I first start a fighting game is go into training. So I went through and did the, uh, the game's uh, battle tutorial. It teaches you how to do everything. And I was like, cool. I got through everything. It took about an hour, maybe a little more. It's like, great. I know how to play this game now. And then I started the story. And wouldn't you know it, they interrupt you every fight to make you do that again. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I knew you were going to say when you brought up training. Because <laughs> I was actually going to praise this game for that. It does get tedious when you have to keep repeating it, but it, it's good that they mix it into the story so you can kind of kill two birds with one stone. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I don't think that's a con for this game. I think, I mean, that adds to the approachability, right? It teaches yes. you as you're going through the story. Uh, but <laughs> for somebody like me that wants to get my hands dirty, I wasted about an hour <laughs> just doing <laughs> shit, you know? <laughs> I think my biggest gripe with that was one sometimes i would have to like repeat lessons in story mode it was like great do this combo and i think once you finish the tutorial it should be taken off the list but it would come up a few times throughout story mode but also they would like interrupt the start of the match to be like hey this is your next task this is your next next challenge just tell me everything at the start of the game and don't interrupt the flow of my match, you know? I agree, like, I agree. Give me a yeah. checklist to go through, but don't stop me in the middle of it and be like, hey, change your plans, you now need to do a 40-hit combo. Oh, I, actually, now that you bring that up, I hated that. Uh, it was okay at the start, but like, like, like you said, you could just leave it on the screen. You don't have to stop the fight. Like, And I, I would have thought after the first through, you go into these sort of like, maps right so after the first couple of maps they could have knocked these off like they could have stopped doing these in my opinion but yeah um that was annoying it really takes you out of it and then it happens every time the like you said you'll do a 10 hit combo and then instead of just going now do a 20 it's like pauses the game mm -hmm. puts a message on the screen do a 20. yeah that that was super annoying it, it, it definitely was super annoying um and it happens a lot <laughs> so 
it's I, I guess I kind of do see that as a con. It's a mixed bag. It's a double-edged mm-hmm. sword. I mean, it's great that they're teaching people that might not have a lot of fighting game experience, but it does break the flow, like you both said. Uh, it's unfortunate, but um, overall, I like how this game feels in the hands. It is super quick. Uh, I, I forget which one. I think Demon, I think you said that. Uh, it's super duper quick and snappy. Uh, the combos are very basic. Uh, the launches are just over the top with style in classic Arc System Works kind of uh, aesthetics. You're going to be seeing all of the moves that you know from the show and then some uh, with with the voice actors from the show. It's really, presentation-wise, a 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. It is uh, easily on this list. I think it's the funnest one to watch, especially if you're not like a diehard fighting game fan uh, like General Misa from the Discord set you know uh, super stylish super polished super fun uh, I did feel like it promoted mashing a little bit mm-hmm. and I, I forget which one of you I told that but uh, do, am I off base by thinking that I had that in my notes I think at the level I was playing it at I think it encouraged mashing especially during the story mode like it got to the point where I felt like I wasn't necessarily getting better at the game i was just learning to beat the computer type of thing and it just like i was able to rely on the same two or three combos the whole time and it felt very button mashy and a lot of the combos were very easy but because the combos are easy and it's a very flashy game when you land these combos it's like visually stunning it makes you feel like a god just like oh man I'm so good at this game. And I like I get the appeal of that. Like it it hit all of my dopamine triggers like playing this game, but it also like like you said was very mashy. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, I think um it's obviously not going to be when you get to like the elite level, but mm-hmm. I I did enjoy that you get a shit ton of meter in this game and you can do heaps oh, of yeah. supers. Yes. And and you end on a super, it does like a it's like a scene out of the show. Right, it, it, like you can see the the Kamehameha like coming out of the planet and shit like that. It, I thought that was really awesome, but yeah, I I agree. I felt like the computer was kind of too easy as well. Uh, you you can basically just spam projectiles, vanish. It, it falls for the same tricks, and unfortunately, like I I don't like games being cheap and overly hard for no reason. But I would have liked to see. Um, it improved, like you said, like I would have felt like I was getting better at this game and not just able to just sit there, spam a few projectiles, rush in, combo, do rinse, repeat, then end with a super. I felt it felt like I wasn't learning. Like there are defensive mechanics like that burst and things. That, I, I didn't feel like I ever needed to get good mm-hmm. at defense, you know, and that yeah. was kind of a shame because uh, I understand like early on in the game when you're getting your feet finding your feet but like i would have thought the final boss fight would have been a bit harder that kind of goes back to um you know what you both said about fighting vipers playing against a person um anytime i'm playing fighting games against computers with the ex quite frankly with the exception of the next game on the list uh i feel like the ai is just kind of not good at the game (laughs) you know uh it it's either going to fall for all of the same tricks and that builds bad habits uh especially if you play, like, for example, Smash against level 9 CPUs, or it's going to go the Mortal Kombat route and just be stupidly cheesy 
to make it artificially difficult. And both of those feel bad as a player. You know what I mean? Like you said, Demon, it doesn't feel like I'm getting good at the game. It feels like I'm learning how to win against the computer. I think the the best, this is an actual example that happened to me while I was playing the game to sum this up. Um, I forget what button it was, but one of them is essentially a projectile where you just like shoot little tiny hadoukens out of your hand. I um I was playing against the computer in story mode and I stood there just going tap, 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 shooting lasers. And not only did I defeat the computer doing that, I landed a 46 hit combo simply by just pressing <laughs> X over and over again. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're so yeah, good. Exactly. <laughs> and that won't work against a human. No, it wouldn't. Um, I, I found it was much more rewarding instead of doing story mode or doing practice mode to go to the tower. Um, I I, th- I think that's what it's called. There was like a challenge mode or just like the dragon bridge or whatever it was where you had to like, you had five levels of computers to beat. And every time you beat one, it increased in difficulty. And like, depending what level of difficulty you finished that five game campaign in, it gave you more rewards. And I found that to be much more a fun and fair way to play than doing story mode the whole way through. Yeah, and I, I I must admit I probably should have played different game modes as well. I, I really just stuck to the story, and yeah, you could I you can just sit there and just press A or X or whatever and just pew 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 over and over again. But yeah, do you find the AI on that tower mode was better? Did you? Yeah, so um, you could pick either a three, a five, or a seven level challenge mode to go to, um, and I think it gives you like argument's sake like two or three continues and if you can beat all seven without continuing you get like the best prize if you make it to round five and you lose it drops you a little bit but you can still continue and it gives you still good prizes but not as good and because that specifically tailors the level to your skill level when you're playing because there's argument's sake like nine deaths you can take based on how good you are i thought that was a much more fair way of playing like i try to do the hardest one because i'm like crushing these cpus in story mode and they very quickly defeated me but i was able to find like the medium path was a good level for me to to play with oh nice and that's another axis sort of strategy when you think about it the story mm-hmm. mode or arcade mode in, in um, guilty gear strive for example is if you lose it puts you on an easier path mm-hmm and so on. So, like, it, it corrects the... Uh, and this is something modern fighting games are starting to do. They they adapt to your skill level to to be just, like, 10% better. You know? Yeah, so exactly. You can yeah. That's interesting. I, I didn't try out that tower mode. Um, I, like Demon, I kind of just stuck to the story, to be quite honest. Um, and we've mentioned it a few times. So, uh, the story kind of... Frankly, it exists just to be there. <laughs> it's not a particularly interesting or good story. It's um, clones have taken over. There are clones of everybody. Where have I heard that premise before? How about every fighting game ever? Uh, I'm pretty sure Mortal Kombat did that exact same thing a few years ago. Oh, and tournament fighters as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Look, it's fine. Uh, the voice acting is, is, is good. Uh, it's like we said, it's the original voice actors mostly, I'm pretty sure, which is pretty cool. Um, it's a lot of, it's not quite fan servicey, but characters will be there and say things to kind of nudge the player into 
thinking like, oh, I remember that from the show. You know what I mean? It's, um, I, I, I don't want to call it a con. It's just licensed games do that a lot, right? It wants you, the game wants you to know that they know that you're a fan of the show and they want to give you a little treat for that by saying, oh yeah, remember when, uh, you know, Trunks defeated Android 16? Why are you here again, Android 16? And things of that nature. It's fine, yeah. uh, but it's definitely not the draw of this game for me, I don't think. Oh, speaking of uh, the story mode, though, and the other modes, uh, this game doesn't have, like, a traditional menu. It takes place in, like, a little hub, like a little mm-hmm. hub. You walk around as a little chibi guy moving at, like, 15 frames a second uh, while everything else around you is 60, which I I really like the look of. <laughs> um, but I hate this hub world design. I really do. Oh, it feels so 2016. You do, too? <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, I don't hate it. It's clearly um, they've they basically took that from. I don't know if they took that from Blaze Blue Cross Tag. Which one came first? I don't know which one came out first. But Blaze Blue Cross Tag does it's exactly the same basically, except Blaze Blue Cross Tag has a shortcut menu that you can just press menu and just shortcut your way there. Right? You don't have to walk there, and that's how I play it. So I don't like bother with my little chibi avatar thing and walk through the world. It's annoying, right? So I just press start, go, I want to fight, or I want to do a story, I want to, you know. This game is missing that. It's basically, if you ever play Blaze Blue Cross Tag and then you play this, you'll be like, oh, menu's the same. You walk through the world with a chibi. And it's that's Arc Systems works as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Blaze Blue is uh, either, it's either developed by them or it's just published by them, but they're involved in that game, that series as well. I don't, I have... I have a Blaze Blue game on PSP, but I can't remember what it is, um, and I haven't really poked around with it too much, to be quite honest. Good games, story, for, uh, topic for another day. But yeah, like, but that's where you'll recognise if you if you ever go and play Blaze Blue Cross Tag Bell, which is an amazing game, um, you'll you'll recognise similarity in that straight away. Uh, speaking of Arc System Works, though, um, this isn't their first rodeo with the, uh, with the Dragon Ball franchise. They also did Supersonic Warriors and Extreme Butoden, so they, they're familiar with this IP somewhat. Um, additionally, while we're talking about Arc System Works, the soundtrack of this game is very, very Arc System Works. A lot of really driving fast guitar, uh, just in your face, nothing is subtle driving forward uh you're hearing it now if i'm remembering to put it in and editing properly it's fine like don't get me wrong i don't dislike it but uh if you've played guilty gear strive even a little bit like i have a little bit uh it's you're gonna be feel right at home right it's uh in some ways this is kind of like uh what would be a cool stepping stone to get people into guilty gear i kind of think maybe but i agree with you i think so, Guilty Gear Strive, uh, Arc System's most recent... Okay, after Dragon Ball Fighters, it was their next most recent game. And I think the success of Guilty Gear Strive owes a lot of itself to Dragon Ball Fighters. I think Dragon Ball Fighters does a good job of distilling this hyper-aggressive anime fighting aesthetic and making it accessible to a more mainstream audience who might not be into fighting games or into technical Guilty Gear games but like Dragon Ball. And after 
playing it because they did such a good job. They're like, oh, what's the next Arc System game? Oh, it's another anime fighter by the same team, but it's their own characters? Cool. Because Guilty Gear Strive came out a few years later, and it's the best-selling Arc System game they've ever had or something like that, or the best-selling Guilty Gear game. I don't know if it sold better than Dragon Ball, but like you said, I think this is a great stepping stone for people to get into, like, that Arc System's vibe of work. And I believe they've leveraged the same sort of strategy that, say, Marvel versus Capcom did. They were basically, like, it got a lot of people in purely because it had, like, the X-Men and stuff in it and Spider-Man mm -hmm. and that. Whereas with this game, it recognizes that that's what it's doing and it's actually made it more accessible gameplay-wise. Mm -hmm. Because when we talk about MVC2 next, that, that's actually um, something that they don't simplify that game and make it more accessible, really. But this game, they do. And I, I agree. I think that's led to the, helped, helped with the success of Guilty Gear because Guilty Gear has always been a good game, but it hasn't been a popular game until recently. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean... Most people, even some fighting game fans, weren't re wouldn't really be that familiar with it until recently. So, and Strive is, uh, yeah, I think it is their most successful uh, game in terms of sales. You know, this this game, um, I don't know if it sold more. I'm pretty sure Strive sold more. Uh, maybe because it wasn't multi-plat straight away, but. Yeah, it's um, I'm I'm not I'm not entirely sure on the sales numbers. This has been out a lot longer too, but yeah, it's it's clearly it's clearly helped them because you can't do this without having a big IP. Most definitely, I I forgot to check the sales numbers as well. That's on me. But I mean, being a Dragon Ball game, I cannot imagine that it was anywhere close to uh, a failure. I'm sure it sold gangbusters. I've got to be honest, fellas. I don't have a lot more to say about this game. Um, it's good. I really like it. It looks fantastic. It's a great starter fighting game. Um, and to, to, to that end, I would recommend it to anybody, um, more than any game on this list. I think this is the best one to get into the genre with. Is it perfect? Definitely not, but it is approachable, uh, and it is polished and it is fun most importantly. So qualified recommendation from me. Play it if you want to, uh, or don't, I guess, which is every recommendation. But uh, what about you, fellas? Would you recommend this to folks as well? Yes, I will most definitely recommend this to people. I think, like you said, it's very approachable, and it. a lot of people grew up with Dragon Ball, so it already has that appeal of this is a franchise you're familiar with, so you can go in and you'll be like, great, I'm excited to play as Vegeta type of thing and that's instantly more approachable than like huh i've never played street fighter do i give a shit who blanca is i think the fact that <laughs> people know these characters and it's also like there's depth to it but it's not nearly as complicated control scheme wise as even uh fighting vipers that we were talking about earlier there's like essentially a heavy medium and light punch system and then like a projectile button it's easy to jump into but then it, it has like a low skill floor but a high skill ceiling and i think that's exactly what's needed for an entry-level fighting game you can get in start having fun but then you can play the game for years and still not master it there's still room to grow and i think that's the ideal compromise there well said man uh demon do you echo any of that 
Oh, 100%. Yeah, I'd recommend it to anyone, even a even like a hardcore fighting game person. Like it's it's it, what I feel it it also it, it's a great training wheels fighter, but like to say that about it is kind of not fair either because when you watch the Evo like tournament scene of this, like it's pretty epic to see what the pros can do with this, right? So, and these are people who can play other fighting games to a very high level as well. So it's not like it's, you know, I I, I commend them also on trying to teach the um, Guilty Gear style button layout to people with this game as well, because that's effectively what they've got. They've got a heavy, medium, hard, and then they've got like a, a button for like a, well, in Guilty Gear, it would be like a burst or it would be like a launcher. But in this game, it, it's it's a projectile, right? So th it's a special button. And you'll see that in Blaze Blue, Cross Tag. You'll see that in Under Night and Birth. You'll see that in lots of these anime fighters. So I, I feel like they've used it very expertly, made this game accessible to people, while also building a good foundation if people do want to go and play some of these other games so they're not completely lost. Because they've leveraged the IP so expertly, like, like it's been pointed out by both of you. It, it's, you know... I, I don't who who the hell is like uh soul bad guy you know what i mean like yeah. that's what a lot of people are going to say <laughs> but they're not going to say that about goku or vegeta you know so yeah I, I, i'm just repeating basically the same stuff you guys have already said i'd recommend this to any fighting game fan and, and non-fighting game fans too it, it's a great way for casuals to sort of get in and, and be able to play and actually get somewhere without getting curb stomped immediately yeah, well said. Um, I actually, I with apologies uh, to this particular person, there is another uh, community correspondence for this game from new Discord member Soha. Uh, if all goes according to plan, you'll all hear them on the show pretty soon. Uh, sorry, Soha, I almost forgot. But here's what they say about DBZ Fighters. My thoughts on DBZ Fighters comes from someone that hasn't played the game. But goddamn, <laughs> half the cast is Goku and a BO3 takes forever to go on after Lab Coat 21. I swear I participated in an offline tournament where the 41 participant uh where the 41 participant DBZ Fighters tournament took more time to finish than the 100 plus Blaze Blue one. Why is the game like this? Uh I'll tell you why the game's like this because that's Dragon Ball baby. <laughs> Goku is going to have infinite forms for as long as there is a new monster of the week. He's going to get another one, and they've all got to be in the game because the fans demand it. And it's 3v3 too. Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> yeah, that, and that is one thing. Uh, for as stylish as this game is, I noticed uh, when you defeat the enemy, uh, it is not a snappy switch like in Marvel vs. Capcom. There is a whole animation that plays mm -hmm. out every single time of the other character flying in, hitting uh, forearms with your character, bouncing back, and then we're back to the fight. It does drag out the time a bit, you know? It's stylish, but uh, at what cost? Yeah, I can see that being tedious. Like, yeah, but it's cool, though. And I completely didn't even think to bring it up because, like, I was like, this is cool. It's epic. It's like a Dragon Ball Z epic. You're right. I mean, it wouldn't be Dragon Ball Z if if you couldn't skip an episode and still know what's going on, you know what I mean? Like, that's what it's like. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh boy. So thank you, Soha, and sorry for almost forgetting about you. Uh, but cool way to end off this segment. Oh, did you hear that? It sounds like it's time to move on to the final game in this episode and my favorite fighting game of all time. Here it is, man. 
Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Let's hear it. Ready? So before, before we get into this, I just wanted to say, this is easily going to be in my top three games that I've played this year. Easily. I played this game as a kid, uh, and I know I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. I played this game as a kid. Uh, I really liked it on PS2. Uh, I never really understood it. I was just a button masher back then, just having a good time. Now that I am learning it uh, on Dreamcast, even with that dumb controller <laughs> that is the Dreamcast <laughs> controller, I I am shocked at how much I love this game. This this is going to be like, if anybody ever asked me, like, hey, what are 10 games that would give me an idea of what you like, this is on there. I love this so much. I'm having so much fun with this game. Uh, and I am, I'm putting, actually, I'm putting work into learning it. So I'm, I'm very excited to talk about this. Uh, I know I got ahead of myself a bit, but uh, let's talk about where this game came from. The groundwork was laid with Marvel vs. Capcom 1, of course. So the polish was there, ready to be mined. It was developed by Capcom and Backbone Entertainment, published by... Capcom. Producer on this one is Yoshihiro Sudo, a full design team with a lot of members uh, that I did not want to write down and rattle off, uh, so check that out if you're interested. Art by Bengus, is how, is how it's credited. Composed, here's the good stuff, by Tetsuya Shibata. Might know them from the Devil May Cry series, Power Stone, Monster Hunter, and lots of collaborations, as well as Mitsuhiku Takano. This game released in 2000 for the arcade and the Dreamcast, and it wasn't announced as a port for the PS2 and Xbox until 2002, when the news of the cancellation of the Dreamcast broke. R.I.P. Sega in the hardware market. I miss you. Fellas, I don't know what <laughs> what more I could say about this game. I adore this game so much. Uh, I kind of give, gave my history. Uh, so, Demon... Uh, what about you? How do you feel about this game? When did you first play it? Uh, tell us a little bit about the demon experience. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be hard-pressed to find a fighting game fan that doesn't like this. At least, you know, it might not be their favorite, but it will be in their top five. This game's, this game's great. I, I first encountered this in the arcade. Now, I never played MVC2 on a home console until I got it for my PS3. I, I emulated it um, for a while when I figured all that stuff out on my PC. But I had, I had played MVC1 on PlayStation, and it was not, not good, but <laughs> I believe it was MVC. Um, and I didn't have any of the Versus games on my Saturn, although I did rent them a couple of times. So obviously, the, like you said, the groundwork was laid with several other games, X-Men, Children of the Atom, Marvel vs. Capcom 1, X-Men vs. Street Fighter, etc. But this is the pinnacle of it, right? And 50, what is it, 50-something, 50 57 or something characters? 56, yeah. 56, Christ. It, it's so many, and, and obviously the balance is all over the place with this game. And... I love the X-Men, I love Spider-Man, I love Street Fighter. For me, this is just the the culmination of awesomeness when it comes to fighting games. And although like, I've come to appreciate other fighting games more than this, Marvel vs. Capcom is like the tequila of fighting games. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and like you said, like, I'm not particularly good at this game, but you, you, it's hard to learn. Like, it's not hard to start, but it's hard to learn. Like, even if you're good at Street Fighter, for example... It's, there's more to it than that, you know. It's 
this this game's just wild and it's fun and yeah i i remember playing this in the arcade as a kid like and just being disappointed when i ran out of money so <laughs> you know it it's uh, i think i'm just going to be saying what a lot of fighting game fans say this is just a wild fun time and you know like wow the fact that this happened was just amazing and it was so good that capcom got the license to these characters Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. I never got to play this on a proper arcade cabinet. Um, I've played it on the one up cabinets, you know, the smaller ones. Yeah. Still fun. Still a lot of fun. Uh, even though I, I am somebody that greatly prefers a, a D pad over a stick, but that's my cross to bear. Uh, we can all agree that analog sticks suck for fighting games though. I think, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. It's a universally held <laughs> <laughs> <old> belief. <laughs> Uh, Mikey, uh, what's your history with this game? Um, I mentioned this a little bit earlier at the at the start of the episode, but Marvel vs. Capcom 2, probably the first fighting game I ever played. Maybe it wasn't the first video game I played. I would play like educational computer games type of things, but MVC 2 was like one of the earliest like fun video game memories that I have. I remember going to the arcade in the back of the weird Italian restaurant in Howard Beach and, and, and playing it. And I love this. I was, I, I still am a massive like comic book nerd. So I loved all of the Marvel characters. Uh, my entire team, only Marvel characters. I didn't care how cool the Dark Shockers were or how cool like Akuma was. I exclusively rolled with, uh, with Marvel characters whenever I made a team. And because I was a kid and I couldn't go to the arcade, on my own we would over only go like as a family and we would hang out at the arcade after we had dinner and my dad and i don't really play video games that's just like not a thing that he and i do but i have like a vivid memory of a kid as like me playing marvel versus capcom at this arcade and my dad goes can i play and i'm like yes you can but wait we need to do this strategically because in the arcade if i was going to if i lost i'd have to put more quarters in and continue but if someone came in for player two and press start after putting quarters in, they immediately interrupt your computer match and then you play versus them and then the winner continues on. So my dad waited for like two minutes until I was about to lose the match, then press start. So it was like a free continue essentially because after I beat my mm -hmm. dad, I got to go back and start from the beginning of the round and retry against the computer I was going to lose against. And uh, just... That, that one memory stood out to me. So just like, it's cool that I got to play with my dad at the time. But um, yeah, I, I love Marvel 2. It's probably right after Melee, my second favorite fighting game of all time. It's one of the goats. It's in everybody's top five. It's it's a wonderful game. That's a really sweet memory, man. That's <laughs> Man, how special is that? Yeah, like I said, I don't have a lot of video game memories with my dad. Like... My dad was a gamer before I was born. He, he like, loves The Legend of Zelda. He, I remember he had a Sega Genesis, but wouldn't let me play it as a kid. And I saw the box in his closet one time, and I asked him, is that a Sega? Can I play with it? And he said, no, it's an old box. I keep my bowling shoes in it. And me being a dumb six-year-old just <laughs> believed him. So just, like, but even if he played The Legend of Zelda, that's, like, a single-player game. He's not into fighting games. That's, like, the... I think it might be the only gaming memory I have of, like, us together. So, yeah, it, it sticks out. <laughs> That's nice. Now, unsurprisingly, we got a bunch of responses about Marvel versus Capcom 2 for the community forum. So I want to read a couple now, and then I'll pepper them in as we go. Discord member 78 says, Spider-Man is cool. 
That's it. That's all. It's true. <laughs> it is true. Uh, Thrak, host of uh, co-host of the 3DO Experience, he says Marvel vs. Capcom 2 is a great fighting game. Co-signed. Yeah, great. Yep. Uh, and we'll do one more before we move on. Marvel vs. Oh, sorry. This is from Ryan of the List Off Podcast. He says Marvel vs. Capcom 2 is an icon of the fighting genre. It perfectly melded two beloved properties and provided endless fun for my friend group. Rick, and I say this with all sincerity, I want to take you for a ride. <laughs> Got me feeling all kinds of ways. <laughs> uh, yes, okay, we're going to get to the rest of them as we go on because there are a couple more. Um, but let's talk a little bit about how the game plays. Um, it plays closest to, I would say, Street Fighter. Is, I mean, Demon, would you say that's correct? Yeah, I'd say um, it... It's very different to Street Fighter Alpha, but it's definitely taken all the all the um, controls, mechanics, movement, all that, and just dialed it up to eleven. You know what I mean? Like that's what it's done. So I would say, yeah, definitely, it's 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 a two D fighter. It's a it's a Street Fighter inspired game because it's made by Capcom. But like, it's I guess it's a bit like um, how you describe like a Smash or something. It creates its own thing when it comes out, right? Tag based, yeah. You know, team games. Yeah. Going back, we when we talked about fighting vipers, we had mentioned that there's no high punch, low punch. You just have one button that's punch. Uh, this is not that. You have a dedicated button for high punch, low punch, high kick, low kick. Blocking is done by holding back. There's no guard button, which A plus from me. Uh, you're going to have to hit both of the punch buttons and both of the kick buttons and both of the high buttons and both of the low buttons to do various things like swapping to another party member, doing specials, uh, super moves, I should say, things of that nature. There are also assist buttons, which are usually the triggers, if you're playing on a controller, that is, uh, to call in your team members. And those are the bare bones of this game. I mean, this is, in a similar way to Fighters, this is a easy-to-learn, hard-to-master game Uh except this is significantly more technical than fighters. Uh, as you both said, this is a 3v3 game. You get to pick three characters. Each character is going to have three options to choose from for their support type. It can be anything from a rushdown, a projectile, a buff to your character uh, that's on screen. Anything. And when you combine the massive cast of 56 with the idea of you could pick three team members and each team member has three possibilities of support. The combinations for this game are insane. It's it's mind-boggling. Like, even today in 2024, when we have games like Smash Ultimate that have a, a million characters, the, the combination potential here is just off the charts. I wouldn't call this a solved game either because of what you just said. 57, 3v3, any combination possible, different types of support and assists. And I would say people favor, they pick characters they think are cooler and whatever, and there's a lot of characters that for many years didn't get picked. So therefore, no one got good at them. You didn't realize their potential. So this game, I'd say, is far from solved. I bet that tier list that people put up will change even in the next few years. And that's one of the beautiful things about this, too, is like new things are going to be discovered all the time. I mean, we see that happen with Melee and Smash in general all the time, right, Mikey? I mean, people are still learning how the game works on a very deep level. I mean, the technique of slingshotting was just discovered, what, 
in 22. Yeah. yeah, it, it's, it's nuts. It's so funny. I have people who don't find competitive Smash, but they know I do. And whenever there's like a new piece of tech that gets discovered and it somehow like makes it to the front page of Reddit or they saw it on Twitter, like it just shows up on their timeline, they'll text me and they're like, Mikey, what the fuck? This is a 22-year-old game. How is there still stuff being discovered? <laughs> and I am sure if Marvel vs. Capcom was still played to the same degree that Smash was, I would be having that same conversation with people. They're like, Mikey, it's 2024. This game came out almost 25 years ago. How is there still new stuff being discovered? But with 56 characters and a team of three and every character having three different assist types, it says, I don't have the exact number, but someone on the wiki says it's over a million unique combinations. And I guarantee combinations that people haven't played yet against combinations that haven't been played yet. Just like it's impossible to figure out, to be like, this is the Street Fighter 2 Akuma. He's the best in the game. This is like the worst character in the game because it's team-based. Yeah, there's good characters and bad characters, but you'll never have like the meta team. Because the way it's split up, there's so many different possible combinations that anybody can be good with. And I think that's like beautiful because there's like different characters you can pick beautiful is a good word for it that's that's one of the most beautiful things not just about this game but about this genre in particular you know it's there is so much expression and i think expression is at the heart of mvc2 um we talked about the basics of the mechanics and before we go on i wanted to know who is your preferred team to rock with uh <laughs> demon I, i'd like to hear you first man who are who are you rolling with in this game typically who, who are some of your favorites all right, I like to I like to select um, I like to mix it up, but I, I, if I'm trying to win, I always go full Shoto. And by Shoto, it doesn't always have to be like your Ryu Ken. Ken's kind of lame in this game, but Akuma Sakura. Uh, but it could be Cyclops. It could be Spider Man. It could be uh, you know like that's tip. My typical team would be Akuma Ryu Spider Man or Akuma Ryu um, Cyclops. So um, and but I I've been playing around with uh, Gambit. And um, Morrigan, I'm, I'm, I mained Mor another shadow. I mained Morrigan in Darkstalkers, but yeah, it's just it's you could pick. I, w I would just go through and pick random people all the time when I played. When I got this on my PS3, when it, they released it digitally, I would just play whoever. I, I'd do all. I'd do like um, I, I tried to do a playthrough with the Avengers, and it's just some of them handle like shopping trolleys, you know. But like, yeah, I was just. <laughs> But yeah, I, I'm when I'm actually like trying to throw down, I'll I'll typically stick to my um Street Fighter, or even you know Cammy, or, or I'll try to stick to my um Street Fighter characters, you know where I can. But like I'll I'll sprinkle in a little bit of Spider Man, a little bit of Venom, and a little bit of Cyclops and that sort of thing in there. Yeah, so I mean, I've even tried. That was the yeah, sorry, I was gonna make a bad joke. That was the. Uh rejected parody of Mambo number no. five by Weird Al, you know, a little bit of Spider-Man on my uh, fucking team. Uh, Just enough. And Wolverine. How can we forget Wolverine? He's great too. There's two Wolverines. Yeah, there's, there's a bone two Wolverine. Yeah, yeah, you could that's a that's a that's a hack. And there's a dark Sakura as well. Yes. Uh, She's got a demon. So <laughs> hey. Yeah, so I mean that—that's my choice. I mean, uh, who did I play? I think I played Danny from Retro Wars on Fightcade at this too, and that was basically the team we or team we used. Or was it X Men versus Street Fighter? It might have been that, but yeah, um, I, I'm a I'm a Shoto guy in pretty much all these 2D fighting games. I'm afraid. So no, that's awesome, man. 
Uh, those are good picks. Mikey, what about you? Who are you rolling with? The only person who's a constant on my team is Cable. Cable. Oh, sure. When when the game came out, he was just like, he was the coolest thing in the 90s. Just like, I don't I don't know how much either of you know about like the comic book industry in the 90s. Oh, but yeah. It was like overtaken by two big artists and everybody trying to copy those big artists and like Todd McFarlane and like Rob Liefeld, their whole thing was like, we're going to make big buff guys and they're all going to have guns and they're going to have like big pockets. And they're just like going to be extreme and they're going to be badass. And like six year old me ate that shit up. Six year old me was like, yeah, cable. He's, he's the raddest guy. So like (laughs) he had like a gun, he had a robot arm. He was, he was always number one. And then, like I said, I always picked Marvel characters. So I love Spider-Man. So sometimes Spider-Man was on it. Um, as a kid, I liked Sentinel a lot because he's like a big guy. So he's got those beefy hitboxes and he can shoot the laser at you. And then as I got older, I found out that like Sentinel's really good in the game. I'm like, cool. Um, I remember the first time I beat the game as a kid, I used Thanos. Um, I think now I've been trying to sprinkle in some Akuma just because in general, Akuma is one of my fighting, uh, my favorite fighting game characters. I think he's like really cool. So even if he's not a Marvel character, I'll like sneak him in sometimes. Um, I like Magneto. He's cool. I like Cyclops, Gambit. A lot of like the X-Men characters who were popular in the 90s when I got into comics and I got into the game. I just continue using them now. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. I feel you, man. Uh, I believe it or not, I was never a big comic book guy or a big superhero guy. So... You know, I like, you know, I, I like a Wolverine. I, I think Wolverine's cool. I like a Gambit. You know, I think those guys are cool, but I don't really know a ton about them. So that was never the draw for me with this. Um, weirdly enough, I, so I haven't unlocked everybody yet uh, because I'm playing on Dreamcast. I I do own this game. I am proud to say though my wallet cries <laughs> and it's it's been fun. <laughs> I don't have everybody, but uh, the team that I've been rocking the most is Ruby Hart, uh, who is one of two original characters for this game, Ruby Hart and Amingo. Uh, as far as I know, they're both originals for this series. Uh, I rock with her, and I usually put in Sakura because I like a Shoto, and Sakura is cool. And, um, oh gosh, who's the last one? I'm totally blanking. Uh, Juggernaut. I think Juggernaut is one of them. Uh, also really like BB Hood. I like playing as BB Hood a lot. Morrigan uh, and Felicia from Darkstalkers. I have loved Felicia ever since I unlocked her as a kid. I don't know why. <laughs> um, but uh, looking at this tier list, I am realizing that everybody I like to play as is C at best, which is very funny to me. For now. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. Um, there are just an insane amount of characters uh, and combinations and etc. And you know, the cool thing is too, is that until, and this might be a hot take, uh, you guys are way more versed in fighting games than I am. So feel free to call me out if this is wrong, but with tier lists, they don't matter a lot until you get into that hyper competitive play. You know what I mean? Like if we organized a podcast discord game night of this, I mean, somebody could clear house with just low tier characters, you know, because none of us are uh, pros at, at fighting games, you know. I'd, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that for the. I'd say that's probably seventy, eighty percent of the time correct. 
I'd say. In some games, it, it matters a bit. It's such a big difference between a busted character and the rest. But, yeah, in this game, I mean, if you're halfway decent, you know what you're doing, you're going to beat someone who picks high-tier characters. You know, it, this. I, I'd agree. I'd say it only really matter when you get really elite at this game. I, I think the thing that matters more than a tier list, at our level at, at least, is, like, the individual meta that develops. I remember I was working in a school... And in the after-school program, I was allowed to bring my Wii in and set up Smash for the kids on Friday. Once they finished their homework, they were allowed to play Smash. And they wanted to know who the best characters were. So I, I put the t- tier list up on the chalkboard. Kirby is one of the worst characters in the game. But one kid was really good at Kirby because he was able to suck the character, he was able to suck the person up and spit them out off stage. And because these kids, they're like five they don't know how to up be recover to the stage they would just like instantly lose so then everybody (laughs) thought kirby was the best and everybody was swapping to kirby and just like it doesn't matter that kirby is a bottom two character in melee within this six-year-old meta that developed kirby was the best character because it gets to a point when you're at a similar skill level you have to like play the player and not the game like it doesn't matter who's the best who's the worst you have to like essentially figure out your opponent and th- and that's what they did so yeah like rick said if we set up a tournament tomorrow i don't think the tier list is going to matter for any of us no no nah, totally and you can see this with say tekken 3 with eddie gordo for example a lot of mashes had great success with him at that casual level but if you're sort of at the intermediate advanced level of tekken 3 you just crush that guy you know like he becomes very easy but like this off the stage thing you know that that you're right. What's what's the tier list amongst your friends, and who do you play as, and who do you get more experience playing against? Like I've lost to in Tekken, I've lost to low tier characters purely out of inexperience fighting against them, and not knowing what to, what to do. You know what I mean? So these tier lists, I mean, I don't pick my characters based on that. Absolutely, neither do I in anything. But um, what you just said, Demon, um, losing a matchup because you don't know the matchup. That's something actually that I learned from Mikey when I was trying to get good at Smash. Um, I have been working really hard at this game to learn each character's kit as I get them because I want to be prepared to know what they're going to do to me if I have to face them, right? So I'm not thinking at this point, like I'm still kind of new at this game, um, at least in terms of actually learning it. So I'm not thinking about like, oh, who would be the best assist to help with Ruby Heart? or things like that. I'm just thinking like, I know these kits. Oh, I'm facing Zangief. Oh, I know his kit. Or I'm facing Servebot. Okay, I know that kit. Things like that. But I, and, and that's one of the most fun things to me about these games is just learning the matchups. I, I think it's a lot of fun. It's, it, it's this weird mix of playing a video game and like studying <laughs> kind of. hundred percent. That I, I really like it. Um, Another it's, thing, actually, and I, I don't mean to get too too tan, uh, derailed here, uh, something that kind of helped this click for me and helped fighting games click for me in terms of, like, actually learning them, they're kind of, if you really think about it and, like, you know, squint your eyes a little bit, it's just really fast turn-based combat, you know? And that, I don't know what it is about that idea, but it helped me, like, vibe with fighting games and and get decent at them. Uh, I just, you know, it's really quick turn base, but like your opponent's going to go and then you've got a counter and then you get to go and they're going to counter. And 
if you do well, you get several turns in a row. It's I don't know. I maybe I'm full of shit, but that's no, no, helping no, me. Uh, you're not. It's actually what I love about fighting games. You know, I like I say I don't know why I love them. I've come to understand elements of fighting games of why I do love them, and one of that is basically. There's three skills in a fighting game. There's the technical skill, like the ability to actually do the moves and combos and whatnot. But then there's then there's the actual matchups, right? And this is where it has so much in common with an RPG. It just happens very, very quickly. And your decisions are always sort of have to be practiced to the point where they're perfect because you can't make that decision on the, on the fly. You know, you can't. You have to just get get that sort of intuition from practice and and you know just basically experience. But then you got that third one where I believe Mike was sort of alluding to this with his experience with Smash. It's you've got to play, uh, you've got to play the player too. And some players, you know, even if you're not technically better than them, you're the way you mix things up, the way you attack, the way you you know sort of. Um, play chicken sometimes the way you, you sort of like <laughs> mentally play the game can beat them even with a low tier character right strategy so i mean it, it's sort of like that stool but like i i can totally see how you could compare this to an rpg I, it sounds ridiculous at face value but it's not it's some characters are going to be better than against others some moves are going to be better against others some you know sometimes you you're going to have you know you'll be able to get, like you said, it's a sort of ebb and flow where you're defending and then you punish a whiff and, and you know, et cetera. So it does have that element to it, like an extremely fast chess game, you know? So, I mean, I love that you can't make perfect decisions in fighting games. Pressure and, you know, unpredictability, making a mistake, it happens to the best at the highest level. They lose games they shouldn't, you know? They lose matchups they shouldn't, you know? So... I find all of that extremely exciting, as you can tell. I'm very passionate about it. So <laughs> that's why you're here, man. That's why you're <laughs> yeah. both here. Yeah. I, I I love that you said that you kind of have to just work this uh, work these moves into your uh, rotation, so you can just know them immediately. It it reminds me a lot of jazz music. You know, like this it, game reminds adept. me a lot of jazz music because it's got a lot of jazz music. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, oh sorry, believe me, on. I no no no, that's great because I we're gonna get there, but um. You know, people that are the greatest jazz improvisers that are improvising all the time, they're not just making shit up on the spot, you know. I mean, sometimes you can, but you practice this stuff. So when you come across an altered chord, you can say, I know exactly how to navigate around this to sound good. Or I know some cliche licks in case I get lost, I can pull them out to help me get back on track. It's same with fighting games. If you're playing a character with a great anti-air kit and you come across a character that that excels in the air you got to know okay if they do move a i can counter with move b and so on and so forth it's i, I mean chess is another great way to describe it man this is i mean it's you can get really deep and expressive with this kind of thing and i i just i have so much respect for this genre i i, I really do love it and I'm, i love it more these days now that i get to talk to people like you and and Mikey and everybody in the Discord that likes this kind of stuff. It's it's a lot of fun. I'm learning a lot and I'm having a fucking blast, dude. What were we talking about? <laughs> uh, you 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 meant that you think it's like an RPG, and then we were just giving thoughts that yeah, you're right. It is like an RPG. I've mentioned it quite a few times on my share 
I think the biggest thing about fighting games is essentially a game of pattern recognition, and I describe it as like exploiting the weakness of like a Zelda boss or like a Dark Souls boss. You just need to like figure out like the keys, like the giveaways that your opponent has, and just when it's your turn, like you said, just exploit them. And I think a lot of people are put off by like the aggressiveness of fighting games. They're like, oh, my opponent's going to be really good. They're going to beat me. They have tells. You just have to like watch what they're doing like oh they always hadouken when they're in the corner so then what do you do to adapt to that mm -hmm. and beat it but then they're gonna realize oh when i hadouken in the corner he does this i'm now gonna change my game plan it's like constantly flowing back and forth and i so you saying it's like an rpg is like right on the money just like i think it's very much the case it, it becomes that i know that he knows that i do this move so yes. i'm not gonna <laughs> do this move Right. And that that is exactly why what that third leg of the stool is. Right. If you try, it's hard to describe, but that's what that is. It's like, OK, this is the best punish for this thing. But if I do that, they know that's coming so they can do this. So I'm going to do the third best punish because it's got a quicker startup. And this is not like now we have all these tools like within the in the game itself to tell you the startup frames and whether you're safe or whether you're not. You just had to learn it from doing it when Marvel Capcom 2 came out, right? So you just had to know that, look, this game won't work most of the time, but I always do this and I need to do that. And yeah, that, that sort of um, poker style mentality of like, yeah, they have a tell. They have a, have a thing they do when they're about to do this. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, sorry to interrupt. It's just that that's exactly what makes this game a mental you know, war when you when you're actually at that really really high level. When you actually when you got two players who don't have to think about how to do the moves, they just know when they know the matchups. That's that's that third thing that makes them you know, like excel. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and no, it's well said. No apologies necessary. Um, comparing it again, like you said, to poker. That's another great example. Uh, I know I'm still somebody that's trying to get out of the casual stage, so I can at least at this point recognize my bad habits. Like when I'm in a stuck spot, I know that I'm going to default to this and I have to uh, train myself to not do that. Um, and there are many ways to do that. That could be a whole topic or whole podcast in, in and of itself. Just because uh, I, I don't want to keep you fellows forever tonight, but uh, there's just uh, some more stuff to talk about with this game. Uh, we talked about the basic mechanics of how it plays with the button layouts and etc um you do have special moves uh this game is very old school insofar as you don't really have a move like a command list uh you don't have a training mode like fighting vipers where it's going to show you how to do the combos and even demonstrate them uh you largely either have to figure that stuff out on your own or look it up i i find joy in doing both personally but um some more advanced mechanics do exist in this game I've only figured out a couple. Um, I can kind of wave dash. I can only really do it twice in a row before I just can't <laughs> anymore. <laughs> uh, that can be done by pressing, oh, what was it? You can either dash forward or press both punches, I think, at the same time. And before your dash animation plays out, you press down. It'll cancel it. And then you can dash again, wave dashing. Uh, the only other one I figured out how to do is a push blocking, which is where you block, press, I think it's both punch buttons again, and it'll push your opponent away from you. So chip damage is a big deal. It can make or break a match, and push blocking will get them away from you, especially if you've got a uh, 
player that's particularly adept at combos or you're playing a combo food character like Juggernaut or something. Uh, that's about my extent of the knowledge of extended techniques in this game. I know there are ways to like delay supers with your characters and have them come out one at a time if you've got enough meter for that. And there's just so many insane things that players can do in this game. I unfortunately cannot speak to a lot of that. Uh, if either of you can, the floor is yours. But uh, I did want to bring that up because I think it's very interesting and expressive. I was going to say, like, the, I... Um... I it's been some time since I've really tried to learn the um, sort of get good at this, quote-unquote. But you can um, swap in the middle of a super. And you can, like, uh, for example, you can delay the super to catch people. So, like, say you let the super go on for a little bit and just wait for that last moment before you get the second character in. Or the, you can do a one with all three characters as well. Um, and I believe it's just doing this. It's just pressing the tag buttons while you're doing a super right so or or doing another super after you've started the super with a different tag button because obviously the supers here are you can you can do super like a, i think when you've got it's either level you need two bars or three bars you can do a a three uh character super as well um but you can actually in this game it's the two it's the two like uh, two attacks or two punches, two kicks when you do a like quarter circle, right? Simplified compared to like Street, Alpha, Street Fighter Alpha. But you can do that with yeah. the tag buttons as well. And you can see people deliberately do that, deliberately have an assist. And like, like I said, I'm not too adept at that stuff. I can wave dash and I can do the, the blocking and stuff. But um, yeah, that that's where this game gets that even more complicated element to it. The extra meter that you get on top instead like street fighter you get i think you get level five in this as well so um you can see people delay their super combos or tag other ones in to keep a combo going or to defend you know so um yeah like i said I, it's been a long time since i've really focused on that sort of stuff with this game since back when i got it on the ps3 but yeah, i don't know if mikey you got um you know more about that sort of level of uh, with the with the um, other mechanics, but yeah, I most certainly do not. Marvel Marvel Two is exclusively a casual game for me. I started playing it when I was six, and then I kind of just like the arcade closed when I was like nine. I didn't play it for years, and then when I was in college, I found a cheap version at a yard sale that the guy was selling for like twenty bucks because he didn't know how much it was worth. I'm like, fuck. All right, cool. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy this. So then I, and then I had it for the PS2, and uh, I tried to play it for a bit. Um, I specifically bought, like, in college. Hold on, let me let me grab it. I know, this is going to make for, for great podcasting, but <laughs> I, I bought a fight stick specifically for the, the PS2. This is my fight stick, and it has a PS2 plug-in at the end. This is, I literally got this to play Marvel, and then... I just still played it casually and just because it's a fun game. Even if I don't know all of the advanced tech, I was having like such, such a good time just playing as Spider-Man beating up Ruby Hart. I was like, yeah, cool. I, I'm totally about this. Um, so despite <laughs> me having a fight stick, I would never say I was like a competitive player of this or I know any of the advanced tech. Like you're lucky I know like like half circle back when it comes to this game. This is very much <laughs> to, I'm here to have fun. Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, you've you've got to be there to have fun, you know, with anything. And that's what this game is, right? Like, that's why I called it tequila shots of, like, fighting games. 
Uh, I'm going to be honest, man. I, I'm not a big liquor guy, but tequila is the one that I absolutely cannot do. I, I, I can't stand it. Once a tequila shot happens, it's a wild night, and that's exactly what this <laughs> game is, right? So, like, <laughs> that's that's true. That's fair. That is fair. Yeah, it, it's it's an extremely fun game. It really is. Even to, like casuals all know this. Oh, absolutely. Um, this this isn't quite as like party style as like DBZ Fighters, but it's it's not difficult to get into. Just a couple more things before we kind of wrap up with this. Um, I I think we should at least mention the presentation. I think it looks timeless. Uh, it looks on, on arcade and Dreamcast, especially it's got that classic cell shaded comic book looking feel, uh, design to it. It looks so, so, so good on a CRT as well. The ports on PS2 and Xbox don't look quite as good. I don't think, but, um, if you can get it, get to it at an arcade or uh, a one cabinet or a Dreamcast, looks just so good and so timeless. Uh, I, I don't think it'll ever look bad. And of course, there's the music that we should talk about. But before <laughs> we do, there are just two pieces of community forum left to read, and I'm going to do that now. We've got Chris again from Retro Hangover Podcast. He says, Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Is this the best 2D fighter ever? The hardcore fighting game fans would probably say no. And it probably isn't, as it's terribly unbalanced and broken in many regards. But it does one thing better than every other 2D fighter, and that is fun. It's fast, it's flashy, it's crazy, and it does everything it can to keep you entertained with a massive roster of familiar characters and a more accessible control scheme. While it may not be the, quote, best, it is by far my favorite. It's always a great way to blow off steam with characters that did so much to define my childhood. Um, I, I think we addressed a couple of those points, particularly when we talked about the tier lists, um, and you both made really excellent points. Um, Mikey, you responded directly to Chris in the server. I don't, I don't know if you wanted to add on that here or... Sure. So uh, first off, I'll say if you're not in the server, join the server so you can read it yourself so I don't have to regurgitate this. Um, but essentially, <laughs> <laughs> essentially, I was saying that he's mostly right. Uh, the, the one thing that I was nitpicking was when he said that hardcore gamers might disagree, and I don't think that's true. I think the hardcore gamers, like, the competitive scene loves this game. There's, like, so many memes. Like, if you're watching EVO, which, if you know, EVO is essentially, like, the Olympics of the fighting games. It happens once a year, and it's, like, a big deal, and there's, like, nine fighting games there. It's, like, it's not the finals, but it's, like, it's the big special event for everybody to watch. You'll be in Twitch chat, and people will still be typing, when's Marvel? When's Marvel? And that's like a meme that happened 20 <laughs> years ago. Like the competitive scene loves it. And it's partly because there's a lot of jank in this game. Like a lot of moves are funny. Like Chris says, a lot of it might not necessarily be balanced, but that gives it a degree of fun. Sometimes when games aren't balanced and there's like one character who's significantly better than everyone else, it's no longer fun because it's dominated by one person playing the one character doing the one move over and over. But it's kind of like when everyone's busted, is anybody busted? And I know there are well, characters that like Sentinel's really good and like Storm's really good. I'm, I'm not disagreeing there. It's just the amount of jank is so evenly spread out that it's fun either at a competitive level or a casual level. So... I, I, agree, I agree with Chris that it's great. 
Yep, but like you said, you can only pick you can only pick one of them, and have one in your team. So because it's a team game, mm-hmm. even though there's that jank, it's still great because of what you just said, right? It, it spreads it out. If it were one v one and it was like that, it'd be busted. It would be a shit game, but it's yeah. not, and it's not. And I think what he's getting at there is obviously there are fighting games that fighting game fans would put above this. But I, I, I agree with you. I think there, there is definitely hardcore fighting game fans who will put this number one for sure. But, but I would say, I would argue that none of them would put this lower than a five on their favorite top five, right? Yeah. Very few. Very few would rate this below their top five. And that's for a very good reason. You know, you could slap, you could, you could increase resolution, frame rate. You could relaunch this game tomorrow. People pay full price for it. Oh, I would. I would, especially if I could fight online with it. Yes, uh, and I and I should say that's something else that I found when I was looking into this. Um, this did have online capabilities back in the day for Japan only. Uh, weirdly, the Dreamcast and the ports to PS2 and Xbox, Japan was the only one that got the online capabilities for uh, the folks outside of Japan, America, Australia, Europe, uh, local, local only. Uh, weird choice, but I mean, I guess online wasn't quite as ubiquitous as it is today but uh you know with the things like fightcade i think mikey i think that's how you said you played this yep. uh that brings this into the 21st century uh and god bless them for it i mean that's where this game shines is pvp you know even though the ai in this game is like good at the game <laughs> they they combo the shit out of me it's uh it's it's insane i lose all the time here we barely talked about it, but it's you're right. The, this is an AI that's actually good. It's not cheap. It's just so good it crushes you. It's straight up, dude. I was getting launched and juggled all the time once I got to round seven, um, round five out of seven. Uh, it's and it's not cheap either. Like it never, it never felt cheap to me. It felt like I was genuinely being outplayed. Now that being said, it's still an AI and it'll still fall for tricks uh, because computer, computer is not people. Not yet, anyway. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's one of the only fighting games that I genuinely like playing against the computer. It's just good. It, slam dunk. They knocked it out of the park. Um, and yeah, I know we we didn't really talk too much about it. Um, I'm trying to keep this episode <laughs> like uh, a little shorter. I think I overpacked this quite a bit, but you know, live and learn. And the music, jazz, what the fuck? At the time, it was like, what the yeah. fuck is this? But how quickly does it grow in you? Mm-hmm. Yes, let's <laughs> let's end with that. Uh, one more piece of community correspondence that is related. This comes from Scabzilla from Superpod Saga. He says, Marvel vs. Capcom 2 has the best soundtrack of any fighting game ever made. It's so smooth and so jazzy and it fits so well. Watching Iceman and Venom beat the piss out of each other in a desert while trumpets and bass go insane is the greatest thing ever. And before we talk about it, let's let the music speak to itself. Here is the desert level that Scabzilla mentioned. It's good stuff. Let's go.
yeah, dude. Uh, I, Demon, since you brought it up, I'm happy to let you uh, take the reins on this, man. But I, I love this soundtrack. It is one of my all-time favorites. It has uh, so much horn, good horn section playing, crisp articulation. I don't know. I couldn't find if this was recorded by uh, live musicians or if it was uh, MIDI. I'm pretty sure it had to have been live because these horn players sound like they know what they're doing. Uh, it's really, really, really good. There's great Latin jazz, Cuban jazz, uh, some more straight-ahead rock, and then, of course, the famous character select screen. <laughs> and when they put that in Marvel vs. Capcom 3, I was like, yes, yes, of course, you have to. But it was... I just think it was... I didn't... I was like, what? When you first hear it, like... And in the arcade, like, you don't hear shit. But when you play it at home, like... It's just, here we are, 3v3, Marvel vs. Capcom, fucking Spider-Man, Venom, Doctor Doom, Jill Valentine, it's all these people, right, from fucking crazy different franchises. And then you, you might as well be in a cocktail bar with someone playing a piano in the corner. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's what it, but it, it works. I don't know who the fuck came up with that idea, because if you'd come up with that idea, people would have just looked at you like, no, we get old Street Fighter music, get... Children of the Atom music and just make it better. But someone's going, nah, it's 56 characters. We're not fucking doing that. Jazz. Everywhere. You know, and it just works. It's amazing. And it grows on you. Even at first, you're like, oh, this is a bit weird. But it, you actually come to really enjoy that playing in the background. Oh, yeah, dude. Um, and any saxophonists listening to this, uh, I'm going to get niche for a second. Uh, if you want to hear a great example of a crisp, baritone saxophone articulation this soundtrack is for you man i don't know who played the berry on this but they're on fire they're just a monster it sounds so good these oh man i i would love to just do a whole uh, mini episode on the music of this <laughs> it's it's really really good did you uh do either of you have a favorite track from this Oof. yeah my thoughts exactly yeah pretty much hey uh, the characters are like screwed <laughs> no <laughs> yeah actually i'm just trying to think which stage it was it's but no no it's it doesn't get in it's it's one of those um examples of music knowing its job do you know what i mean do you think it's the training the, do you think it's the training music perhaps i have to i have to listen to it again but yeah I, i'm trying to think of the it could be it could be it's the one where it's got some um it's got a bit of trumpet and then it will go into like a piano sort of solo and then it that's basically every track <laughs> yeah i know i know but i know but it's i'm it's in my head I'll, I'll i'll put it in the discord once i figure it out but yeah i i actually the iconic how the character select screen became iconic and how the music just it's just nothing like any other fighting game you know like yeah it, it, it's really it's really sort of reminds me of it even reminds me of sort of streets of rage 4 like what they got right about that music was very similar like in the later levels you know but um, that's that's yuzo koshiro right yeah i think so yes yes but uh, i know this that God. came after this game but like it's it's the music being there and setting setting a nice like calming tone for even though it's a fighting game but but not overpowering the game you know like guilty gear kind of sure you know yeah absolutely um Mikey, I'll pass it to you. I just wanted to say um, the desert level, actually, ironically, the one that Scabzilla mentioned, I'm a sucker for Latin jazz, Cuban jazz, that kind of stuff. 
So I this this almost sounds like it could be from a Paquito de Rivera album. I'm 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 into it. Uh, do you have a favorite, Mikey? Uh, it might be recency bias because you posted two different songs in two different discords that I listened to right before recording this. One being the desert song, and I agree that Latin jazz. I love it. I believe in the Listoff server. I think you posted the Carnival uh, stage music. That's really good. And of course, oh, yeah. the uh, Take You For a Ride song, it's a classic. Um, I modded my melee setup to, instead of having the melee character select screen, it's I'll let me take you for a ride. So it's just like <laughs> a weird clash, but to, like that's how good it is. I'm just sticking it in other fighting games now. That's incredible. Yeah, the carnival, the carnival one is super good. Um, and speaking of the character select screen that you both love, um, shout out to the 8-Bit Big Band and the pop soul-ish band Lawrence. Uh, they collaborated to create uh, a big band version of that. Uh, because it's like a, such a short loop, they composed the song around it, but they use that as the chorus. It's really good, and it's on the 8-Bit Big Band's newest album, um, and you know what? Uh, I don't think I'll get sued for this, so I'm going to go ahead and play some of it. You know, I what I love about this section of this episode, uh, fellas, is that this game is so good that it got us talking about what makes this genre beautiful. Because this is such a this is such an exemplary, I almost said exemplary example, like a doofus. Uh, it's such an exemplary game in this genre that shows off why fighting games are so good. Is it the best one ever? I, I don't even think that's a question worth asking, to be quite honest with you, but uh, it's not perfect. Uh, it is a bit unbalanced. Uh, there is some jank, but it there's a reason, like you said, Demon, and like you said, Mikey, everybody has this in their top five, and there's a reason. And, you know, did we talk about everything uh, development history-wise with, like, it going to the PlayStation Store and the contract running out with Marvel? No, we didn't, but... I think it was, I, I like that the conversation took a more personal tone in, into why we love this genre so much because this game is so good. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think all the modern ones, especially 2D, stand on the shoulder of this giant. You know what I mean? So it, it's, if you think about, say, Skullgirls, why is Skullgirls the way it is? Because of this game, right? Skullgirls. Like, we just talked about the jazziness of the music. Skullgirls does that too. Why? Because this game did it. You know what I mean? Like, it's a lot of games, fighting games now, are just standing on the giants, the shoulders of this giant game. Like, it, and, and rightly so. It's amazing. And it, like, it, like you said, it's is it the best? Is it technically perfect in every regard? No, because none, no, none of them are, right? So it's like I like, my, I like Street Fighter Alpha 3 more than 2. Is it more balanced? No, it's not. It's not balanced properly. It's It's got a big roster. It's kind of, you know, it's got some jank that makes it not as good as Alpha 2 competitively. But do I like it better? Yeah, I do. Just like this game. You know, like I, I've always got time to play this. And I think even fighting game fans from other genres, like 
platform fighters like Smash or, or 3D fighters like Tekken can meet in the middle on this game. So, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's it's tremendous. And it's I don't even know how many times this game's been at Evo. But it, it is like become a meme, like you said. Amen. Well said, dude. Really well said. Mikey, do you have any parting thoughts? No, I don't really have, have much to add. Like, yeah, like you said, we could have talked more about the development history of it. But then, like, at the same time, if someone wants to know more about that, they can read the Wikipedia page for it. I also like that it took a more personal turn. Like, I, I was excited to hear, like, your history and your thoughts on it and, like, Demon's thoughts about it because I can't read that on Wikipedia, you know? So, um... <laughs> So I'm very happy with how the episode turned out, and I'm glad that everybody loves Marvel 2 so much. Yeah, can I uh, can I just speak for all of us and say that we all recommend this game? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Fellas, I am so happy that you decided to join me and lend your expertise in this genre. Uh, I thank you both for teaching me uh, and continuing to teach me so much as we go th- as I go through this and learn how to, you know, really appreciate this genre. Uh, it's a lot of fun. You know, maybe Guilty Gear Strive is one that I've been wanting to do for a long, long time. Uh, and Tekken 8 just came out. <laughs> I know, Demon, <laughs> you're you're going hard on Tekken 8. And, you know, there's just, there's a wealth to, uh, to experience here. Uh, and even some of the bad ones that I still have yet to pop in and play full-time, like Criticom on the Saturn, one of the worst games I've ever played. Uh, Simpsons Wrestling, <laughs> things of that nature. But that's not a fighting <laughs> game, not really, but... Yeah, uh, thank you, fellas, for joining me. This has been a lot of fun. We're going to do more fighting game content in the future. I just don't know how it'll look. For now, I want to give you both a platform to talk about what you do. Uh, Mikey, you've been on the show before. You've talked a little bit about Owen 2 Heroes. Uh, you've talked about the episode in which you stomped me in a game that we played together. <laughs> uh, if I recall correctly, it was the first episode of your show where you won... Uh, so glad to have played the heel for that one. <laughs> but uh, do you want to uh, talk a little bit about Own Two Heroes yeah. and recommend a an episode to first time listeners? Of course. Um, I want to clarify something. I I didn't stomp you in my mind. If I stomp someone, I like I beat them real bad. You and I went to like last hit, like game five. Yeah. It was real close, <laughs> and then you accidentally fell off the edge. So I, I, I yeah, I, you have to cut yourself some slack with that. But yeah, I was going to say I, I, I beat myself yeah. in that one. <laughs> but for our listeners at home, if you're thinking, wait, I thought this was a podcast. Why did they play? So Owen Two Heroes, the whole concept behind it is we take a video game, specifically a fighting game that we have zero experience in. We have two weeks to practice uh, just so we're about on an even footing on an even pl- level of play. And then we record a podcast in the middle of the podcast. My guest and I will actually like take a break fight like and then when we come back discuss and review the game with like our thoughts from the match that just happened so rick was on an episode and we did uh nick all-stars brawl uh so if you like uh pixel project radio and you like rick uh and you're not sick of my voice yet you can check that one out i think another really good episode i think it's the one i think rick is episode four i think another really good one is episode seven uh we played Weapon Lord with Ryan from Listoff, who I know is a friend of the show. So if you've listened to this, you've probably heard Ryan. I'd go recommend uh, either of those two episodes if it sounds it's up your alley. Absolutely, man. Uh, it's I like the show quite a bit. Uh, I don't. I hope this isn't making things awkward. But have you two talked about doing something on your show? No, we have. Not. I would though. Yeah, I listen to your show now. Yeah. 
I was about to say, I listen to your show too. And it took me such a long time to find your show because I kept spelling command list with a C. And I'm like, there's no podcast called command list. Probably got a heap of computer programming shit as well. <laughs> Spe- uh, speaking of, Demon, you are on the podcast command list. Uh, and you have not been on the show before. So I would really love if you could tell my listeners about what you do, where they can find you, and uh, an episode that you think would be good for them to start with. Um, yeah, so we're command list. I uh, do the show with my brother. We're, we're probably pump out an episode probably once a month. Yeah, and we just talk fighting games, all sorts of stuff. We we don't always talk about a specific game, but uh, we often, we've got a bit of a tournament where we're pitting characters against each other from different fighting games. We've got... Uh, we, we actually need to get around to doing the final of that at some point. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, if I was to recommend an episode, I'd probably recommend one of the favourite ones, like a favourite Mortal Kombat games or favourite Tekken game. And another really funny good one we did was Mortal Kombat 4. That was I enjoyed that one. That was fun. Oh, man. Way more than I enjoyed the game. What a beautiful disaster that game is. Yeah, and look, it's, it's an interesting game that I feel is unfairly treated at times but i'm not going as far as to say it's good (laughs) that's fair but yeah yeah dude i i'm i'm a big fan of both of your shows i really like the stuff that you do and again i'm I'm really happy that you guys came on um it's been such a pleasure folks listening if you want more fighting game content these are the shows to check out command list with a k and an l you know list it's not (laughs) not quite as difficult for that word uh, command list with a K and O and two heroes zero dash two heroes, uh, both great, 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 great. Check it out. Look them up on the socials. Do what you got to do. Uh, for us, of course, you can find everything in the description, uh, and you'll find links to their stuff as well. I should say, you can find our socials online, links to the Discord, so you can join in on the fun. Uh, talking about this, you can hear Demon's favorite track when he gets around to putting it in there, uh, because. It's the training stage. What... I was looking at the stages. Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I thought I thought it might be. That's like one of the only ones that's a little laid back. You know. <laughs> yeah, I love I love um, how chill it is. But yeah, keep, sorry to interrupt. No, dude, you're good. Uh, you can check out the episode description. You can find where to find us online. Uh, our Patreon. You could go there if you like what we do. Uh, ratings and reviews. We've got a couple more in. Uh, I'm not gonna. Or wait, what am I talking about? Uh, we had a couple more on a previous episode. You want to help out the show? That's the best way to do it outside of telling somebody about it and sharing it. We would love that. And shout out to the YouTube community. Uh, the show is on YouTube now because they let us upload an RSS link. Uh, I don't know how it happened, but the Blair Witch episode has taken off. It's almost at a thousand listens at this point, which is more, (laughs) more than any episode through traditional podcasting means that's crazy to me uh so if you're listening on youtube hey thanks but uh for me that's about all i've got uh thank you for sticking around this went a little longer i did overpack this episode that's my mistake i tend to do that a lot here but once again mikey from owen two heroes and raging demon from command list i thank you both for joining me uh wouldn't have been the same without you so thank you thank you thank you absolutely welcome Thank you so much for having me on. I can't believe you keep inviting me back. <laughs> <laughs> You're bo- you both have an open invitation, as far oh, as thanks. I'm concerned. Well, the ride has been taken. I have been taken on a ride. We have all been taken on a ride, but like all good rides, this one must come to an end. And that end is now. 
I am, as always, your host, Rick. Thank you for listening. You can catch us next time. Thank you.